My name is James Rowlands, and I am a lifelong wrestling fan. In 2015, I started a podcast with my friend, Dan White, reviewing the WWE Network and seeing if it's worth the $9.99 a month. It was. And since then, every month, we watch the latest WWE pay-per-views, NXT, and now 205 Live. Still continuing our journey through the network, watching ECW, WCW, and all its classic content. Until we've watched it all, we are with you, and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always I'm joined by... Dan White. And today is episode 117, it's a WNR 117, and we're going to be watching WWE SummerSlam 1992. Can you believe it was 25 years ago, Dan? Oh no, I wasn't even born then. No, well, SummerSlam at London's Wembley Stadium will always hold a special place in the hearts of British WWE fans of a certain age. The company's first pay-per-view to be held outside of North America was an extraordinary spectacle watched by more than 80,000 spectators. Well, still the only major WWE event to run on these shores. This card on August 29th was headlined by one of the greatest matches in wrestling history. The British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith faced his brother-in-law and intercontinental champion Bret Hart in an emotionally charged battle considered by the hitman to be his very best. Well, fans old enough to remember the original heyday of the Len WWF can recount their memories of the show, while young viewers can see the drama unfold for the very first time. We see all the British fans to begin with. Dan, what made you laugh in that? Um, one of the British fans said, the British Bulldog is going to win whether he wants to or not. <laughs> yeah. But isn't it a damn shame that we haven't had a paper? You have to go back 25 years to actually experience it for the first time, eh? It is a monstrosity to why we haven't had a pay-per-view here is a bit of annoyance well it took place on Saturday August 29th 1992 at Wembley Stadium in London but didn't air on pay-per-view August 31st WWE considers the crowd to be the fourth largest live audience to ever attend a WWF 
event with 80,355 in attendance. WrestleMania 29 in 2013 is reported as having 80,676 fans in attendance. WrestleMania 3 in 87 is reported as having 93,173 fans in attendance. And WrestleMania 32 in 2016 is reported as having 101,763 fans in attendance. Well, uh, i tell you something, we've just seen the opening there, the fanfare. It looks spectacular, doesn't it? It's, uh, it's probably the only SummerSlam to have a true WrestleMania feeling, isn't it, you know? Most definitely, yeah. Well, some writers believe that the WWE... Going back to the attendances here, we see the 80,000. Some writers believe that the WWF inflated the attendance figures for WrestleMania 3. Uh, however, and that SummerSlam 92 had a larger crowd. So they said about 79,000 in WrestleMania 3, 80,000 in Wembley. I think that's believable. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, the WWF made over $3.6 million in revenue. Reviews of the event are almost all positive, and the Smith-Hart match has been rated the best match in SummerSlam history. And if we look at the uh, commentary team, we see Bobby Heenan and Vincent Mann getting us started. We see the British flag and the American flag up near the SummerSlam logo, and we hear the music in the first match. Is that... <laughs> <laughs> is that Money, Inc.? It is. It is uh, the father of Bray Wyatt and the father of Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase. Yeah, coming out with coming out with Jimmy Hart. Mouth well, of the South. It's good to see him. Well, we'll get some background before we get on with the first match. Well, we've got a little bit of time. There's a long walk to the ring. Yeah, there is, to be fair. Some Sam 92 was originally intended to take place in Washington, D.C. The WF decided to move the event to Wembley Stadium in London due to the company's growing popularity and the possibility of increasing the revenue from the event. And like we saw... Although the writers' plans originally called for Shawn Michaels to win the intercontinent from Bret Hart... The storyline was adjusted due to the change of venue. Right, so before the pay-per-view broadcast began, two matches were taped for later showings on the WF Primetime Wrestling. These matches were never advertised on US television in the weeks leading up to SummerSlam. The first match saw Hacksaw Jim Duggan and the Bushwhackers, Luke, Williams and Butch, defeat the Mountie and the Nasty Boys. When Duggan pinned the Mountie, in the other match, Papa Shango defeated Tito Santana by pinfall. But the actual pay-per-view opened with a Legion of Doom taking on Money, Inc. And we've just seen IRS and Ted DiBiase come down there. And look at Paul Ellering. Look what he's doing. Wow. My God. What a rush. And not only him, but the Legion of Doom riding their motorbikes down. What a visual this is. They had the Undertaker's gimmick before the Undertaker. (laughs) My God, Paul Ellering and the Road Warriors. Legion of Doom, even. Hawken Animal. Well, what a rush, Dan. Is it good to see Legion of Doom? It is. It is, most definitely indeed. You know, they was one of my favourite tag teams as a youngster. And they're here tonight to take on Money, Inc. And the fans seem to be happy to see them getting a superstar reaction. Definitely, yeah. And the uh, LOD chants are going crazy. Yeah, and I'll tell you what else is going crazy. The sale of the green fingers by the looks of things. I mean, <laughs> I think that's the only thing they had on sale. <laughs> Oh, right, the little uh, puppet he's got is called Rocco. Of course, Paul Ellering, not weird enough not to have <laughs> a ventriloquist doll with him. But 25 years later, he's managing a, the NXT tag team. Now, what a crazy thing to say. Jimmy Hart's in the corner of his men. I mean, what an atmosphere here. The fans are just going to love every moment. I mean, there might be rain. It is England, so I won't be surprised. But you might, someone might be smiling down. 
first match of the night. But it's quite good, though, because we've gone back 25 years. But usually, you know, you might have to Google wrestler or something like this. But with these four men, we don't have to, do we? No, we certainly don't. Um, of course, we all know Paul Wellering. He's currently managing Authors of Pain. Million Dollar Man, Ted Partner, IRS, Money Incorporated. You know, he's the father, both fathers of legends in the ring. And Animal and Hawk, if you don't know who they are, you need to get your head out of your arse. <laughs> yeah, and I mean... Into some wrestling books. It is a, uh, a good tag team match. I know, like you say, the Money Inc. on the hills, as we know, with, uh, I mean, the debt collector and the uh, the multi-millionaire going against the Chicago hard cases, hard... Uh, just mentalist, aren't they? Don't like selling the LOD. <laughs> Certainly not now. Dibiossi's shown his intelligence. He did, and he had more success than his son. Oh. But IRS, not having as much success as his son. Or one of his sons, No, anyway. but I think uh, if we're going to get into, uh, hang on a minute, a hawk there, close like this, <laughs> Dibiossi over. I think it's how famous the father is as well. I think the exception to the rule might be Cody Rose. We'll have to see how he goes along in the future. But I think we're rounding up with Bob Orton. He's not a huge star, is he? He's no. not as big as Ted DiBiase or uh, I think other famous people have got sons in them. Ric Flair, David Flair. Do you know what I mean? That never worked out. because Charlotte Flair did. Yeah, but she's a woman, so there is a slight <laughs> difference. Do you know what I mean? There's a difference, though. It's not comparable, is it? It's not like he's no. replicating his the father's career. Hulk tagging an animal and Million Dollar Man tagging an IRS. Well, it's not as well. Would you, yeah, I suppose now multiple tag team champion. I think that's all he. He was only ever involved in storylines with the Million Dollar Man. Oh yeah, he joined the uh, like you say, he joined the the Million Dollar Corporation as well. He was uh, friends with DiBiase for a very long time. I mean, both of these were single stars, but DiBiase with age deteriorating, you know, he had to turn it into a tag team. Can I just say though, WrestleMania Nine. They beat Hogan and uh, Brutus Bar Beefcake, which was by disqualification. W- yeah, and that's an excellent point because this would be going on to it. That would be March of '93. This yeah. is August of '92. So you see Money Inc. being together, Jimmy Hart, of course, in their corner as well. Hogan not being here when Hogan was returned w- would return. It would be involved in this storyline with uh, Money Inc. So yeah. excellent point there. We'll keep dates of history as well. We'll just come off WrestleMania eight. Like we said, with uh, it was Psycho Sid, with Sid Vicious versus Hogan in the main event, and Flair versus Macho. We'll see how it differs as well. Like I say, at the moment, I'm liking that we we know who the guys are. IRS, Erin R. Shyster. just got Animal into the sleeper. Is that Animal Hawk? I can't see the Mohawk. That's Hawk. So out of all of these, I think the bigger star was <laughs> Ted DiBiase. So I'm just laughing at Rocco at ringside. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think the Ted DiBiase out of all these. Uh, probably, but um, I don't know what Legion of Doom or Ted DiBiase. Who do you think's bigger? I'd probably say Road War, Le- Legion of Doom. Probably more oh. successful. Yeah, but then you had the old, the whole uh, single side of things with IRS as well. And yeah, he had, but... like his million dollar belt and so on and so forth. Whereas the LOD was just tag team. I mean, it depends, isn't it? What's more important? Is it tag team titles, if you are a tag team, or... Uh, then Did again, he win the IC title as well, Million Dollar Man? Uh, no, he never yeah. won a championship in the WF. Uh, apart from the million, tag. the million Dollar title was created for him, yeah. He never but, won a singles tag. Never won a singles, singles, no, singles title, yeah. <laughs> Hulk now has turned things round on IRS. Hulk going <laughs> off the top rope there, trying to take out IRS. 
But he ducked and Hook went straight to the outside on the opposite side of the ring. Animal went to try and get him some of Erinar's shyster. And as the referee's distracted, man, um, Ted DiBiase there dropping Hawk on his back on their wafer-thin mats on the outside. And now Money Inc. double-teaming Hawk in the corner. And you see the ring, it's on a rise, isn't it, as we as he fell to the outside. So if you're in the front row, you actually are looking quite... It's not the best seat, really, if you're in the front row, because you've got a, uh, a bit of a way to look up. See... I'm old school. I don't class the LID as Road Warrior, Hawk and Animal. They're just Hawk and Animal. <laughs> and also you can see with the stadium, the stairs as well, the big yellow stairs leading up. People still trying to get to their seats. I tell you something though, IRS and DiBiossi did a great job working down Hawk right behind the old switcheroo behind the referee's back. Cutting the ring in half. Again, you know, this is early on classic tag team wrestling. I mean, is it not just as simple to stick out your hand? But no, they don't. <laughs> no, because they're heels and they always take shortcuts. And that's what they're doing right here. Ted DiBiase dropping the knee across the throat of Hulk, but only getting the two count. Two. Hulk desperate for a tag. LAD started so hot in this match and has just been slowed down by the veterans. But again, this is classic tag team wrestling. The faces get beat. Well, they start off strong. Get beaten down with a few heel tactics. Get the hot tag in. Finish the match. Well, Hawk's just thrown Dibiossi at turnbuckle. Looks like he's going to get the hot tag now. The momentum stops and uh, IRS beats Hawk down back in his own corner. Oh, now goes try to close line Hawk. Oh, Hawk ducks it and then a big shoulder block takes down the IRS. Can he get the much needed tag to Animal? But IRS is between him and his tag team partner. Not anymore. IRS desperate to get the tag into Dibiossi. Manages to get to his brother and holds Hawk's legs. So he can't get the tag to his brother, even if he wanted to. They're not even brothers, are they? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but they're brothers in arms, aren't they? But they are, yeah. Yeah. We're associated with each other. Dibiossi spitting at Animal. Infuriating him, getting him to come into the ring. Distracting the referee and now both men. Double teaming him. Well, IRS has got the tag rope and he's choking Hawk with it. Referee can't see because Animal is so annoyed. It wasn't your classic catch-can style wrestling back then, was it? No, but you loved it, didn't you? It it inspired you as a child watching this as a... How old was I? Six, five-year-old? Yeah, five years old. Four years old when this event was on. Oh, wait a minute. There we go. Hawk... Getting his no, power. No, oh. the referee was by IRS and the legal tag wasn't seen by the ref. Even though IRS and DBRC made a couple of illegal tags, which the referee also didn't see, but allowed. Yeah, and now IRS and Hawk just hit into each other, cl- double clothesline. Love that move. Can either man get the tag out? IRS tags in DBRC. Finally tags in Animal. Now Animal is on five. He waits so long. Oh. Big shoulder barge takes him down. A high elevated drop kick takes down the oncoming IRS. And now he's just kicking the shit out of DBOC <laughs> in the corner. Oh, IRS from behind stopping that assault. Referee's counting them out. They've got a double team of Animal. Oh, but he ducks a double close on attempt and takes them both out. And now Hawk's rapidly recovered. <laughs> oh, Animal's got IRS up. Oh, an atomic drop. 
And now both men are going to be working over DiBiase. Irish whip into the corner, then Hawk sends Animal in. And that's Uh-oh. it, they're signalling through the end. Uh, doomsday device, and Animal's putting DiBiase on his shoulders, and Jimmy Hart's getting up to distract the referee. Oh. oh. But IRS comes in, drop kicks Animal, it delivers an electric chair to DiBiase, <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah. And then Hawk making IRS pay for that, punching him. Land him on the apron. Oh, oh, big power slam. One, two, three. Oh, there we go. IRS knocked off the apron. Dibios, like I said, hit with a move and Legion of Doom win. With a power slam, James. <laughs> yeah. When was the last time you saw a match won <laughs> by a power slam? No, not in a very long time. Um, start, Dan. The crowd, crowd are happy. What do you think of the match? I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> you know, it's a good bit of nostalgia. LOD winning, and it was a classic tag team match. I completely agree with you. And, you know, like you say, the action wasn't the smoothest, but I want to go back to the point of being a four-year-old watching this. How old were you when this was on, Dan? Uh, I was about five or six. Five or six. And I think the importance of an event like this, first saw wrestlers, it was like superheroes come to life. You know, you've seen Arnold Schwarzenegger, you see people like Woo! on television... And, you know, and then these kind of real-life superheroes come into your life. The size of the Road Warriors, you know, you were just in awe as a child. You're like, oh, my God. And it moved on from wrestling afterwards, like gladiators and all the things that we, we liked about that as children. Uh, and that's what wrestling was. And to have someone like British Bulldog that's going to be in the main event, who was a larger-than-life character as well, was just fantastic. Anyway, yeah, I really enjoyed that. We move on. And backstage, Dan, is... The Nature Boy. Woo! <laughs> well, backstage we are with a legend and Ric Flair. Yeah. <laughs> well, Flair's not actually got a match, even though he is dressed to compete. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so, Ric Flair backstage, Dan, what do you have to say? Um, well, he's uh, keeping his cards, cards close to his chest. He's not letting on which dressing room Mr. Perfect is in, but he's in the dressing room of the winner. Oh. Woo! 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 And Gene asked, me and Gene asked him why he's dressed for competition. He said he's very fraction anytime. <laughs> Innuendo. Yeah, innuendo. And now Sean Mooney is backstage with Virgil at the moment. His Virgil's getting ready for action. So why was his name Virgil? Well, Dan, it's interesting you asked that. It's actually an inside dig at Dusty Rhodes because Dusty Rhodes' real first name is Virgil. There you go. And uh, why was his name Vincent when he moved to well, WCW? Uh, yeah. It's interesting you say that because then it was a dig at Vincent Mann for making a joke at Dusty Rhodes. And then at one point in 2000, Virgil changed his name to Shane for a couple of episodes as well. So, why was he called Shane <laughs> for a couple Vir- of episodes? Virgil backstage, what did he say, Dan? He grew up in the mean streets and he's not averse to fighting against... The ex-convict nails. Do unto him before he does unto him. That's basically Virgil's point. Oh, can we find this number? one nine hundred four five four slam Nails already in the ring. And look at him, Dan. He looks like a fellow co-presenter of mine. You know, like, look at him there, right there. He, he looks like... I'll tell you what, people at home never seen Dan before in real life. It does look like Dan. And here comes Virgil running his way down to the ring. Funky music, though, by Virgil, of course. Left Ted DiBiase's side. Didn't want to be a slave no more, making a name for himself. Were you a fan of Virgil, Dan? 
Uh, yeah, I thought he was quite a good wrestler. Oh, that's an interesting thing. If you should say Virgil is found the boss man. Of course, Nails escaped from prison to beat up the big boss man, and now he's choking Virgil, and he's still choking him. My God! And this big man, Nails, trying to put Virgil away. Virgil reversing the corner though. Big right hands and Irish whip, but Nails reversed. Oh. oh, trying to take the big man down, but unsuccessful. A drop kick, but he just sends him against the ropes and Nails stays on his feet. <laughs> but Nails, uh, bowling shoe ugly, takes Virgil back in the corner, continuing to choke him, and a rake to the eyes of Virgil. Nails doesn't care. He was in prison for God's sake. He's probably going to ship Virgil to win this match. Virgil ducks the clothesline. Tries to go sunset flip, but oh. Nails to the right hand. Virgil ducks for the roll-up. Nope. Trying to get this match over quickly. No, Nails turns it into a joke. Well, at least uh, at least Nails has got one wrestling move at the moment. A choke. Yeah. And look at Nails. Crawling underneath the bottom rope like he did when he escaped the harsh prison. And going to meet Virgil on the outside. Bet he chokes him. No, he doesn't. He throws him head first into that apron. This ex-con. Well, it's current con. He escaped from prison. He's still wearing his prison <laughs> outfit, we should say. <laughs> I never understood what DOC meant on the back, but it's Department of Corrections, isn't it? Yeah, and Virgil's trying to correct the Department of Nails' head at the moment. Oh! But as he come in for the onslaught, Nails just took his head off of a big clothesline. And now he's going to set Virgil up, trying to finish him off. Uh-oh. And now he's got him in his chokehold. It is blatant, Dan. It's blatant. Referee should notice this. Can't stop it. Come on, ref, do sake about it. Virgil's passing out. And that's it. The referee's called an end to it. Oh, my God. And Nails wins in decisive fashion, Dan. What do you think of the match? Oh, hang on a minute. He's got big boss man's nightstick. Well, it was a bit of a thrashing, really, wasn't it? From Nails to Virgil. Yeah, Virgil started out. He had a good 30 seconds. But then Nails finished it. Looks like he's going to put a beating on Virgil. They're hoping Bossman comes to save him, but Nails, oh. He nails Virgil in the midsection with that nightstick, and, and now that, he's choking him out with it. Yeah, choking him out with that big, long black stick right along his throat. Virgil can't breathe anymore. The official's trying to get him out of harm's way. <laughs> and Nails helps him out of the ring by kicking him in the midsection. Uh, we're backstage, Lord Alfred Hayes trying to get an interview with the macho man. Oh, yeah. Hello. Oh, you can do Lord Alfred Hayes as well, can't you? Hello, James. We are backstage here <laughs> trying to get a macho man. I'm trying to get an interview. Is that Elijah McGuinness? And we're trying to get an interview here. <laughs> this door has been locked. No one is allowed to get in there. However, undaunted, I shall continue. Well, he just knock on the door and just go, Miss Perfect, you there? And if he goes, hello, he's like, shit. <laughs> he caught him out. Mean Jean talking to this time. An absolute legend. Oh, she's beautiful, isn't she? I uh, know, honestly, I'm a huge fan of sensational Sherry Martel. That's what I wanted you to say. <laughs> I'm never getting that out. Sensational Sherry Martel. She is, and she's been... Anything to do with the model Rick? Well, yes, they were together, but recently Shawn Michaels <coughs> had been getting involved in matches, as we saw on WF Superstars. Rick Martel had Bret Hart in the uh, Boston Crab, but he was attacking him. Sean Michaels attacked Brett, costing Rick Martel the match, and then the model, I know he's one of your favourites, is he coming out here? 
He winked at her. He did. He, he started winking. Oh! And then she smiled and winked back. Yeah, but she better be sure Michael's his manager. She can't, can't keep her eyes off the model Rick Martel. Well, the right Michaels and Rick Martel centred around Martel's attempts to steal Michael's valet, Sensational Sherry. During one of the Michaels matches televised on August 9th, 1992, Martel came to ringside and winked at Sherry, who returned the gesture. And at the Summer Slam Spectacular, Sherry came to the ring during one of Martel's matches and winked at him. We saw that. Both Michaels and Martel were heel wrestlers who bragged about their good looks, and Sherry had them agree to in the face during their Summer Slam match. And that is what we're going to see now. The rules are they're not allowed to hit each other in the face, Dan. What do you think? <laughs> well, they're both good-looking men. <laughs> well, the model's got rid of his puffer, and he's just for Wimbledon, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> he is. He's got whites on. He's got the. Te- he's making quite a racket, though. <laughs> but, um, I can see his balls in his pocket as well, Dan. Um, that's not his <laughs> balls. That's his penis. Well, so who would Sherry be coming out with? Because she's not come out with Rick Martel. She hasn't. She's coming out with the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. If you were Sherry, who would you? Whose corner would you be in? I'd have to be Shawn at the moment because he is the boy. T- he is just a sexy boy. And you can hear the entrance theme as well. It's Sherry singing the heartbreak kid's entrance, which I think I'm going to be controversial here, Dan. It's a better version. Singing's as good as your looks. Sexy <laughs> <laughs> boy. I get out. No. So a young Shawn Michaels, having only recently turned, well, I say recently, near a year ago, turned on Marty Jannetty, split the Rockers up forever, is now in singles action. Dan, how do you think Shawn Michaels looks right now? To look at him now, you wouldn't think he'd be the star that he becomes. And fucking hell, Sherry's wearing a thong. Sherry is wearing a thong. And it With is... Arseless... Oh. Jesus Christ. Yes, she is indeed. Arseless chaps. But it was Sherry Martel, or it was Sherry, who played such a vital part in Shawn Michaels, like his heel turn and the way. If Sherry wasn't there as manager, I don't think Sean would have got to her level. Do you know what I mean? It was really difficult to find that heartbreaking character. Sean sing, uh, Sherry singing the entrance theme. It, they helped. It was a great pairing, you know, and it led Shawn Michaels onto bigger and better things, you know. It's like the argument of if the nation wasn't around for The Rock, The Rock wouldn't have been a bigger star, do you know what I mean? It's that kind of things at that point in time. So if uh, Sherry wasn't around for Michaels, Michaels wouldn't have been the star that he became today. Yeah, it's the argument because he might not have ever made work like Terry Taylor, but never really had that character. And this is the heartbreak kid, you know. And it's thanks to Mr. Perfect who had the idea of the heartbreak kid. And he said to Sean, you know, why don't you try it? And look at the model Rick Martel. I mean, it could have been like that, you know, the model Shawn Michaels. Would it have worked as well? It's interesting times, especially when he's so young, as we see Sherry taking off Shawn Michaels' trousers. Well, I wonder what strategy is going into this. At the moment, Martel's got Shawn, got Shawn on the side headlock, pushing him off. This might just be pure wrestling here in the early going. It looks pretty good, Dan. It's the best we've seen so far, isn't it? 
most definitely yeah um it's going to be a good kind of action it's going to be an early style of uh proper wrestling not like the first match the tag team match where it was you know powerhouses against hills this is two well at least wrestler and yeah you know i mean Federic Martel, he did have a good um Korean in and the 80s you know uh nwa and places like that had the model gimmick here and sean where beautiful dropkick making sure he doesn't hit the face of course but matching well up in the matching well in the early going martel finally kicking sean down though but who would win the services of sensational sherry when women were objects well still are in a certain way in wwe but still oh Martel going for the flying crossbody, but Michael's ducking it, sending Martel crashing to the mat. And Sean, looking so young. With so, a this beautiful Sean, mullet. This Sean Michaels, yeah, exactly. You know what the rules are for a mullet, didn't you, Dan? They're always beautiful. No, it's business in the front, party in the back. That's how you know it's a mullet. I think I'm mullet over. Exactly, yeah. You mullet over. Oh, now beautiful rest between the two. Oh, Michael's looking ready to... Give Martel a shot to the face. <laughs> but thinking twice. Oh, leapfrog by Martel and ducks under as well. And he's going to throw Sean over the top. Oh, oh I thought he was going to go straight into Sherry, but <laughs> Sherry moved out of the way. She mooned out of the way there, didn't she? Jesus Christ. Yeah, she's checking. This is PG era as well with Sherry. Going out checking on her man, Sean Michaels. And all oh, the model out here with her delicate touch. He's saying, let's leave him, he's fine, just come here, get some space, let him breathe. You dirty bastard. Mick Martell, just with a hug to Sherry. Sherry seemed to like it, I think there's a little little kiss on the neck there. A little smile. Well, I don't think Sean's going to like that when he wakes up at the moment. He needs to worry about this match rather than Sherry Martell. Rather than Sherry. And on a model setting, HPK up. Oh, oh, a high elevated back body drop and some jumping jacks for good measure. Because he can, it's easy. He might not be liked, but he backs up in the ring. And speaking of backup, <laughs> Sherry's Lovely there. shot of Sherry and I asked yeah. this chaps. I tell you what I do like, though, and it's another thing, as Sean now is going to go for the pin. We see it was, uh, oh, he's got the tights. Referee knows that. Oh, but Rick rolling through and then grabbing the tights of Michaels, who then grabs the tights of Rick. Oh, look, they're both now arses. The arses are out, Dan. This is a brilliant moment. Wow, if Sherry's arse wasn't enough, we've got Michael and Rick Martell's arse as well. Michaels. Sean pulling his up. Yeah, the way it's like dusk is falling now, you know. It's going to be night time soon. It feels like you spent a day at an event, you know. I do like it, especially watching it, because we've got a bit of daylight here. By the time we finish, it will be deep dark into night. And sure now, oh, look at that. Sweet chin music to the midsection. Because he can't hit him in the face. Oh, <laughs> only getting a two. Two. It wasn't sweet chin music, it was sweet gut music. Sean working the body. Of course, you work the body, the head will fall off. You just enjoyed it. I can see you sitting back. You're in your nostalgia heaven, oh, aren't you? It I is... feel like a kid. Sean. <laughs> Sean with the boots up. He's going to go get the cover. Oh, but he's got both feet on the middle <laughs> rope and a referee wise to it. Uh, Shall we say, what's wrong with that? Uh-oh. Model roller. Oh. oh. But Michael's managing to kick out. Ah. Are both men going nose to nose. Michael shoving, then model Rick Martel shoving. Well, it's a Mike. real shoving match. Oh no, Michael! Oh, slap to the face. 
Oh, oh but Martel responds in kind. Oh, Sherry said they can't hate each other. She's on the apron. Oh. <laughs> Both men looking to hit each other in the face and Sherry faints. Sherry, Sherry's down. Well, the match will continue. Michael's going to check on her. Oh, no. Oh, oh accidentally kicks her out of the ring. <laughs> oh, no, sure. You might have to give her mouth to mouth. Fanner, he's checking on her and the ball going out there as well. I mean, this is a... I might have to put my serious face on. This is a serious face? My serious voice. This put is, the X up. This is tragic at the moment. And Sean Martel pushing... Uh, the model Giving pushing. chest compressions. <laughs> the model pushing Sean off and yes, chest compressions. <laughs> I could seriously injure someone that's actually not... Uh, <laughs> doesn't need it. Oh! Oh, my word! And Michael's hitting Martel, so he goes off the staging area. And the referee's up to the count of ten. Oh, no. Sean and the Rick fighting now. So angry. And Sherry, did she stir her? She is. She's starting to get up. She's checking her hair. She's sorting her hair out. Making sure her ton and a half of hairsprays. <laughs> She's doing Eddie before Eddie did Eddie. She's back down again. Of course it's deliberate, Bobby. As they're going down... The entrance way. She's doing it for attention, and now there's uh, officials trying to break these two up. Mm. And the officials taking away Rick Martel and Sean's coming back to look at, uh, to look onto um, and knocked out Sherry Martel. My God, what a chaos! What a chaotic end to that match. And it's nearly daylight, uh, nearly night time in that match, and Michael's carrying Sherry back to the back, wax over his shoulder. So a double count out is the result of this match. Yeah, but I don't think it was a bad match. I actually quite enjoyed it. It was good, but you know, it's it's a shame. You know, these types of wrestlers now are represented by Fandango and Tyler Breeze. They are literally, you're right, Dan, the modern day equivalent of these two men. You're right about that. Sean Michaels, Rick Martel, and the models come out here. Oh, no! He's knocked Sean Michaels <laughs> and Sherry down. And he's picking up Sherry to carry her to the back. Oh, what He a... wants to be the knight in shining armour. Oh, I know, what a gentleman. But, yeah, doing a lot of damage to Sherry Martel. But, yeah, the model looks to have things in hand. It doesn't say that. I can see Sean Michaels running from behind. <laughs> and Sherry takes another bump. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, there we go. That's Patterson. Patterson's just gone into the barricade. <laughs> he seems injured. Now the officials are taking <laughs> Rick Martel back, and uh, Michaels is left to assist Sherry. Oh come on, back. Rick! How, how many times? And yeah, sure, Michaels finally. And Sherry Martel's gone down three times in this match. The point in actually like sitting up at the back behind the entrance way. Well, you can't say anything, can you? The model. Oh, what the model got? He's got a bucket. No, so Sean, he's carrying a bucket. <laughs> No, model, what you got in there? Confetti, I bet it's confetti. Oh, don't do it, you'll get sherry wet as well if there's water in there. There is water. No, it's confetti. <laughs> and he gets sherry wet, who's then made she, her way to a, she, an awoken state. She is, she's drowned. In, 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 her hairspray is now wetened, makeup, it's a state, and Martel woke up sherry in the worst way. Sean's gone after Rick. 
I don't think Sherry's going to be a fan of Rick after that, do you? <laughs> well, who gets the services of Sherry? I mean, who does Sherry service after this? Well, Sherry's gone running backstage and... My word. And, the uh, Everly Brothers versus the Natural Disasters. <laughs> yes, that is our next match, Tag Team Titles. What a weird end to that match, eh? Yeah, backstage, though, we do see the Nasty Boys with Tom Mooney and Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart's busy tonight. Can I just say, I fucking hate the Nasty Boys. I, I've really got no time for them. I, I think they're awful. I think everything about them is terrible. The wrestling's terrible. The gimmick's terrible. The way they just shouted nonsensically in the promo. The way they wrestled. I, I just didn't like them, Dad. Do you like the Last Boys? I'm, I'm going to say it. Fuck it. I'm not going to say You know, there were good things that happened, like the last match. Then there's awful things like the Nasty Boys. Oh, I don't it, know. They're, they're just a heel tag team, aren't they, really? Fucking shouting nonsensically about shit. I mean, come on. Anyway, we move on to the proper... They say they've got... They said they are the number one contenders. Why aren't they getting their shot? Well, the tag team titles are next. The natural disasters, the tag team t- champions, going to go against the Beverly Brothers. And the genius is in the ring. Dan, do you know who the genius is? I can't remember his name. Larry Poffo, That's who it. is the macho man's... <laughs> yeah, he got there eventually. Yeah, the brother of the macho man, Randy Savage. The genius. See, that's the big moments that happened. The Olympics in 48... World Cup in 66, and now in 92, SummerSlam. Oh, my God. Can you hear the thunder? Can you hear the rumbling? Here comes Earthquake and Typhoon, the natural disasters, WWE Tag Team Champions, the 92 version of the Authors of Pain Down. <laughs> <laughs> they are indeed, yes, and uh, they have to wear the belts on the shoulders because they don't fit around their waist. They don't. I mean, Earthquake started in WF feuding with Hulk Hogan, breaking Hogan's ribs, causing internal bleeding and all sorts of that. Uh, went on to have success as Earthquake, didn't he? You know, along with uh, Typhoon, natural disaster. We have seen Typhoon recently. Tugboat. We Tugboat, we've seen him as well on Wrestling's Most Ridiculous, Dan. Yes, uh, he was the Shockmaster. <laughs> yes, the Shockmaster. So, making another appearance before he completely ruined his career in 93. He was a very uh, popular babyface along with Earthquake as well. You can hear the reaction. I like it when Earthquake used to jump around the ring creating <laughs> yeah. an Earthquake. I uh, saw John Tenter when oh, I was a young child and he was doing a, a show in uh, England. And I got a signed photo, signed Polaroid, £10 with his signature. Okay. I know, I Have know. Have you still got it? I don't know. Uh, it, I'm sure it's upstairs somewhere, yeah. As we start off with the Beverly Brothers going to work on Earthquake Typhoon. I mean, how are you going to beat these two big men? Oh, oh they was looking to try and uh, <laughs> Irish whip Earthquake into Typhoon, but it backfired and Earthquake ended up taking out one of the Everly, uh, Beverly Brothers and now they've just squashed them in between them. And I'd hate to be the filling of an Earthquake and Typhoon <laughs> sandwich. I'm not sure of the difference between Bo and Blake. No, but we'll say it's that. So Bo at the moment is getting stepped on. But I don't know a lot about the Beverly Brothers. Dan, can you tell me a little bit more? Mike Enos and Wayne Bloom started out in 1989 in the American Wrestling Association after being after being trained by Eddie Sharkey and managed by Johnny Valiant. Sporting matching ring attire and carrying sledgehammers to the ring, they were known as the Destruction Crew. They feuded with the Olympians, Ken Petra and Brad Renegans, and challenged them to a car lifting contest. <laughs> During the challenge, the crew attacked the Olympians and in storyline injured them. The Olympians' injury 
the Olympians injuries forced them to vacate the AWA Tag Team Championships, which were then placed in a tournament. The crew went on to defeat Greg Gagne and Paul Diamond to win the title tournament on October the 1st, 1989. Oh, wait a minute. I was just going to say, look like natural disaster, complete control. Looking to squash one of the Beverly Brothers in the corner. Earthquake accidentally hit Typhoon and stopped him. And Typhoon's down and it's going to be a struggle for him to get back up. Oh, an innovative and a nice tag team move there by Beverly Brothers. Oh, <laughs> And Blake looked to be going for the cover, but Typhoon threw him straight out of the ring, but was unable to get back up to his feet quick right, enough. Right in front of the genius. There's a couple of nice mullets going on in this match as well. I think Earthquakes is the best. Yeah, I think Earthquake is the best. He's trying his best as a mullet. Uh, sorry, Dan, you were saying about their AWA run. <laughs> yeah, they also faced the Renegans and Paul Diamond in a steel cage match where the former was locked out of the cage only to have his partner decimated by the destruction crew. The team finally lost their tag team titles on August 11th, 1990 to the Trooper and DJ Peterson. Although neither Enos nor Bloom were technically rookies, the fan voted the destruction crew 1989 Rookie of the Year in Pro Wrestling Illustrated making them the only tag team to win this award. And look at the Beverly Brothers there. It's better Shelton Benjamin, Charlie Haas tag team. And, and like I say, been a while, uh, been together. You can see the kind of chemistry they've got it, with each other in this match, taking over on Typhoon. By the end of 1990, the AWA was effectively on hiatus and would eventually shut down entirely by May 1991. The Descru- Destruction Crew's entrance theme in the AWA was a highly popular Queen song, we will rock you. A theme of defeating your opponents in sports and leaving them in humiliation. This was most fitting considering by the time AWA went under, they were viewed upon as a tag team with one of the best win-loss records in the history of the company. Well, and now the Beverly's have taken over completely on Typhoon and beaten him down. Uh, but they would move on from the AWA and join WCW. While still... AWA World Tag Team Champions, the Destruction Crew, joined World Championship Wrestling during the summer of 1990. In WCW, they wrestled under the mask as a Minnesota Wrecking Crew, too, and were managed by Ollie Anderson and were part of the original Minnesota Wrecking Crew. I say what's really interesting about that is when Brock Lesnar and Shelton Benjamin first started in uh, OVW, they were known as the Minnesota Wrecking Crew as well because it's a tag team dating back to back to the Minnesota days where both men came from. Um, anyway, enough about that. Uh, they, were, they attempt throughout success to win the NWA World Tag Team titles from the Steiner Brothers during a brief feud with them. They then moved on to New Japan Pro Wrestling before getting to the WWF, didn't they? Mm-hmm. At the moment, there's nothing going on in the ring. The Beverly Brothers completely subdued Typhoon as he went for that hot tag. Like you said, that's classic tag team wrestling. On April 16th, 1991, Enos and Bloom received a tryout match for the World Wrestling Federation at Wrestling Challenge taping in Cedar Rapids. 1991, the team were transformed into Bo and Blake, the Beverly Brothers, now wearing flamboyant purple tights and capes to the ring. Their gimmick was that of two spoiled rich brats. They were originally managed by coach John Tolos, then by the genius. After making a WWF pay-per-view debut on the winning team at Survivor Series 91, they were launched into feuds with the Legion of Doom, the Bushwhackers, who they defeated at the 1992 Royal Rumble, and the Natural Disasters, who... Who they are going against now. Yeah, so this is a more up-to-date with them. A little bit of history will happen to afterwards, but in this match, it is all Beverly Brothers and Typhoon. Hasn't had, haven't been able to get out to Earthquake. 
Earthquake conserving his energy now. You just know he's taking. I bet you're loving this match, Earthquake. He's like, yeah, I get to stand here. He's still out of breath just standing there. Now, Beverly Brothers impressed me as a tag team here, Dan. I don't know about you. Uh, they are certainly working well together, and you can wear Sports Illustrated Tag Team Champions of the World. <laughs> Rookie Tag Team of the Year, 1989. Yes. Oh, wait a minute. There we go. Excitement in my voice means something has happened. Yes. Typhoon has double uh, clothesline. The Beverly Brothers in their corner. Can he get the tag to Earthquake? No. Bo managed to get himself in between Typhoon and Earthquake. Oh, he, stopping a tag. He, below, he believes that he can win this match. But Typhoon's caught him. Oh, no. Oh, but Blake drop kicking Bo onto Typhoon, but Typhoon not being able to stay down and kicking out. Ah, I thought we had new tag team champions then. Typhoon is in all sorts of trouble. This is going to be a disaster for this tag team if they can't get the win. It's going to be a natural disaster. And these brothers. Oh! <laughs> and Typhoon there, face first, slamming Bo into the mat. Think about Vince. Oh, and the genius has passed him that scroll he used. Referee's distracted by Earthquake. And the Earthquake there. Get, oh, this is not good. Typhoon in trouble. Oh, gets that metal scroll to the back. But referee's not in position. He's got it covered. We're going to have new tag team champions if referee sees it. Earthquake in. Oh, <laughs> big elbow, elbow drop to the back of Bo. And that might, that might be the chance that Typhoon needed. He has not had a great night. <laughs> He's going to try and tag in. Earthquake, change things. Oh, my word. Can he get a tag? Well, Blake's oh, in. Oh, yes. Finally gets a tag to Earthquake, and Blake is in all sorts of trouble now. Oh, no. And look at those clubbing right hands down by Earthquake. Throws him halfway across the ring. <laughs> well, you don't get many Earthquakes in England, but tonight... Oh, belly-to-belly <laughs> suplex. We've just had one. He's calling for it. It's going to be all over and done with. Is he going to bounce about, causing uh, some earthquakes and some aftershocks? Shoulder first in the corner. Oh, look yeah. at that beautiful karate kick there by Earthquake. Wait, it's called the other Beverly, Beverly brother in. They're going to try a double team. They've not been successful. Earthquake double. runs straight <laughs> through them. <laughs> they have not been a successful and double now team. Now Typhoon comes in and clears the ring. Here we go. It's the end. Typhoon's going to Irish rip Earthquake into him. Oh! Picks him up, slams him down. And that's it, Earthquake end. <laughs> Bouncing about the ring. Oh, Dan loves it. Here we go, here oh, comes Earthquake. Takes out Bo. Oh! Sits on Blake <laughs> for the victory. My word, Earthquake and Typhoon defend their tag titles. And that is a classic tag team match, Dan. And the genius is... Uh, Calling the referee over to complain. Earthquake drags him in the ring. And now he's going to have to eat humble pie. This is not a great moment for him. Natural disaster is picking him up. Oh my God. <laughs> Throwing him out the ring like a javelin and getting rid of the trash. And there you have it. The Beverly Brothers miss out on their chance, but very impressive by natural disasters. Dan, what do you think of the match? I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> Bloody great match. I loved it. Uh, yeah, Earthquake and Typhoon, completely dominant. The fans did it, and so did I. I thought it was a cracker, yeah. I mean, it's for me, I'm writing them down, and that's my second favourite match of the night. 
at the moment. Uh, after the Michaels. After the Michaels one, yeah. I've got... Uh, I'll give you the scores so far. LOD Money Inc. got 3 out of 5 for me. Nails Virgil got 1 out of 5. HBK versus Models, 4 out of 5. Beverly's versus Naturals, 3.5 out of 5. Because I know it's going to be a 5 out of 5 later tonight. <laughs> so... But we're backstage. Ah, the New Zealand crazy bunch. Luke and Birch, the Bushwhackers. Uh, Lick his head. Childhood come to life. Lick his head, Butch. Another shouty tag team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they're crazy. They're allowed. No, I like Bushwhackers. Mr. Perfect's going to be in Mean Gene. <laughs> they're asking Mean Gene's seen if anybody's got the inside scoop. Uh, we should say about the Beverly Brothers, Dan. After they were unsuccessfully challenged for the titles, by the later part of 92, they would be used primarily to put over other tag teams, and they were losing the end of a uh, late-man tag team match at Survivor Series and defeated by their old rivals, Steiner Brothers, at the 93 Royal Rumble. Lick his head. <laughs> Lick Mean Jane. It's Peyton Royce and Billy Kay's parents. Hey! <laughs> Who's mum and dad? Mum and dad. Who's the butcher on? Hey! The one on the right. Hey! Hey! Oh, they didn't look Mean Jean's head. Fuck them. Right, anyway. <laughs> well, we see a whispering Lord Alfred Hayes backstage trying to get a word out of the Ultimate Warrior. And I find the door is open. Get slammed shut. Well, <laughs> I must say, Bloody that was rude. absolutely rude <laughs> yeah. of the Ultimate oh, Warrior. Rude. Mean Jean, back to you. Yeah, next up, it's getting better and better, Dan. It's Repo Man versus Crash. <laughs> Dad doing his best repo man oh this is brilliant I love this yeah. <laughs> we should do this every week <laughs> repo man cap a load of car tyres and stuck them to a jacket uh, former tag team champion with demolition but he's doing his best work now and like I say really cool jacket and his opponent well Mo- <laughs> Clash. Hawaiian crush as well. Possibly my favourite crush. (laughs) See, we know. I was in that crowd. (laughs) Coming out here as Nighttime Falls at Wembley Stadium. And Nighttime Falls at (laughs) Roland Studios. But like I say, what's so deadly about crush, Dan? His crush. And the repo man attacking Crash as soon as the bell rings with double axe handle smashes to the back, but Crash completely no sells. And again, another beautiful mullet on display. Oh, it is wonderful. Repo man is up. Gorilla Press. Look at this. The power of Crash <laughs> compels you. Wow. Absolutely brilliant there by Crush. Big man. Repo to the outside. And look at the agility of Crush managing to just dive down. And then clotheslines the repo man down to the wafer thin mats. <coughs> Throws him back in the ring. Oh, repo man offering to shake Crush's hand, but the Crush grabs it and just boots him a couple of times in the midsection. Oh, the repo man going for a flying cross body, but Crush catches him. <laughs> Much to repo man's surprise, and Crush just deposits him on the top rope. Oh, my word. A bit of Shinsuke Nakamura going on there. It is kidney punches and a huge kick. And Crush looking so impressive here. Whatever Repo- happened with him? <laughs> yeah, Sally, why did it go all wrong? And Crush, Irish Rip and Repo. And a thunderous backbreaker there. Very bright as well. That's what I like about Crush, you know. What kind of... What He's an early days John Cena, but a, a devious thumb to the eye from the Repo Man. The heelish Repo Man. Yes. Creeping behind Crush, where he's partially blinded. 
Maybe Crush got there on a bicycle tonight. That's why he's wearing a... Lycra. Lycra kit. Spandex. High vis. Oh, spandex. <laughs> yeah, high vis. Oh, repo man there. Back suplex. But a crush completely no-selling it and a kick to the midsection. Oh. Belly-to-belly belly slam and uh, the crush is raising the roof here. He is. I can't believe how bright he is. And now repo been slammed down. Crush is not going to the top, is he? God. With the agility of the big man. Oh. oh, going for that big knee off the top, but the repo man moved out of the way and Crush got nothing but canvas. But Crush <laughs> hulking up. Repo say, no, I don't want any of this. Big guy. No, man. Big no, guy. No. Oh. oh. <laughs> and another blatant poke to the eye and a referee telling him that's two. You got five more chances. <laughs> yeah. Well, Repo now in control looking to finish. Crush. As I say Irish that. Irish reversal. Crush looking for a, a leap, well, looking for re- a repo man to go for a leapfrog, but repo man just throws Crush's head into the canvas. Cover. Oh. And another aggressive kick out. <laughs> oh. Not as good as Typhoon one, but repo man on the outside. <laughs> repo man creeping around the outside of the ring, going up top. This is the most seen repo man in any match I've watched of him. <laughs> and from behind on Crush. Oh. oh, but Crush catches him in a power slam. No. He he's could... not going to go for a pin. He could have pinned him easily there, but he's going to make him submit with a cranium crush. Oh, he's got it in. He's squeezing his head like it's a pimple, JR. <laughs> oh, my God. He's got to be. Oh, he's out. He is out. No man can take much more than five seconds of the cranium crunch. He has crushed Repo Man here tonight. Very impressive. Dan, what do you think of the match? Loved it. <laughs> it was a complete squash match, wasn't it, really? Yeah. And uh, I'm amazed to see that the crash didn't do much more well, in his career. Exactly, exactly. We'll be looking at crash as we go along. Not not now, but, you know, later dates and stuff, because he does get involved with the nation. He looked fantastic here. It was like, you know, Ryback first debuted or something like that, and they stick him in yeah. there. Repo Man's brilliant. Even when he got thrown out of the ring, he still lands, and he's like, <laughs> what's going on, you know? As we move on and up next, it's a big WF title match. Due to the absence of Hulk Hogan, who has taken a break from the ring, the co-main event saw WWE champion Macho Man Randy Savage duel with the Ultimate Warrior. Their pair had been feuding since the summer of 1990, with Savage costing Warrior the world title at the Royal Rumble 91. And Warrior defeated Savage in a retirement match at WrestleMania 7. When Savage became champion at WrestleMania 8 by besting Ric Flair, the Nature Boy, and his manager, Mr. Perfect, were furious that the ex-champion did not receive a rematch. Well, ahead of SummerSlam Night 2, they interfered in the Savage and Warrior bouts, and Perfect declared he would appear in the corner of one of the two rivals, but would not reveal which one. But Mean G's backstage. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are just moments away from tonight's main event. We are just moments away from the World Wrestling Federation Championship match between the Macho Man Randy Savage and the Ultimate Warrior. And after a lot of waiting, we are just moments away from finding out just exactly whose corner Mr. Perfect will be in. There's a lot of history, ladies and gentlemen, leading up to this championship match. As you recall, from the moment the match was signed, controversy abounded. And I'm the World Wrestling Federation champion, and you're not. Oh, my goodness. Well, he's not right now, that's for sure, but he might be at Wembley Stadium. 
And then there was the interruption of the Ultimate Warriors interview by Ric Flair. The Man was trying to cut a deal with the perfect one to walk the aisle as his manager at SummerSlam against you. I'm going to be at SummerSlam. And then Macho Man Randy Savage interview interrupted by Mr. Perfect. The Ultimate Warriors Corner. I will be there. Therefore, the ante for Mr. Perfect's services at SummerSlam has just gone sky high. And then the very controversial tag team matchup with the Ultimate Warrior and Macho Man Randy Savage as partners. convinced that the other will have Mr. Perfect in his corner. So ladies and gentlemen, let's wait no longer. Here we go with the main event at SummerSlam. All right, Dan, so what do you think of the build-up towards this 
well, one of these main event matches on SummerSlam. It's certainly been intense, and uh, I'm excited to see which corner Mr. Perfect's going to be in, because I think he's going to be the difference maker in this match between these two immortals. Most definitely. <clears throat> Most definitely. <laughs> <clears throat> Most definitely, I completely agree with you. You know, since WrestleMania 8 with Savage beating Flair, Flair has got a, an actual right to say he hasn't had his rematch yet. And this is what his problem has been, you know, with Mr. Perfect by his side. With Matcha Man, we know the history he's had with Ultimate Warrior. It's not often you see a face versus face match, is it? And to have that kind of storyline of um, Perfect being in the corner, one of them, both of them believing he's in the other one's corner, it brings that kind of interest to it where it's not just a normal one on one match. You know, it, it's got all these other different things around it. And even in the build-up, they've actually had to be teaming up together to try and take on Flair and the people, you yeah, know? Yeah, most definitely. And, uh, yeah, so it's a really interesting angle, you know, this match. And you don't get storylines like this anymore, no, I think. No, you, you don't. It's, it's, there's a lot of thought put into it. As the old Warrior is coming out here, Dan, just take you back. 80,000 fans at Wembley Stadium watching the Warrior run down to the ring. And he is going to be fucking knacker by the time he gets there. <laughs> Well, Mr. Perfect hasn't come out with Ultimate Warrior, so will he be coming out with Macho Man, Randy Savage? It'll be interesting to see as a and fan. And talking of Randy, you can listen to our Randy <laughs> Oh, Orton. no, no, no more plugs. <laughs> but, but, you know, come on now. But Bret Hart will be in the main event. If you listen to Bret Hart, it's uh, special. <laughs> as Warrior comes out here, what a reaction he's getting from the crowd. Love to see him. He returned at WrestleMania 8. Uh, and many people thought because he had lost a little bit of muscle and dyed his hair, it wasn't the same Ultimate Warrior. But rest assured, it is, as we see his manic entrance. How big a fan of Ultimate Warrior were you as a child, Dan? I loved him. I loved his energy. I just loved how, you know, his strength and just the way, you know, just his general mannerisms. Yeah, I know. He's just, uh, as a child, like I said earlier about Legion Doom watching up, this guy is a real-life superhero coming out here, face paint. You know, it is it is fantastic experience. And here we go. We're here, land of hope and glory. And it's, who is it, Dan? Macho Man. <laughs> the Macho Man. WWF champion. Oh, it's great to see him, and, and both of these men so colourful as well. It's fantastic. It's childhood revisit. Anybody's never seen it this event indeed. before. Yes, you could argue the wrestling has not been great, but it's just the whole thing. Look at theatrics it. of it. I know it is a WrestleMania, isn't it? Really? If oh, you think most about definitely. It. True main event: Savage and Warrior, Warrior and Savage. Dan, I can't wait. And we've seen so much of Rat- Macho Man Randy Savage this year. It's one of those goals I wanted to say. Savage was one of those guys we haven't seen a lot, and we've seen him so much now. It's fantastic. We've not seen many Warrior matches, though. No, because he's shit wrestler. But <laughs> we are going to see him when we get the chance. Like we say, we try and follow it, and we do it like 20 years, 25 years, 10 years. It all makes sense. 25 years ago, at SummerSlam. Is this bigger than the SummerSlam main event we got this year? This year? Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, come on. What would you rather see? This main event, or to Jinder Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura? I'd rather, potentially? Watch, rather watch this. These are two... Well, you sit and watch this upstairs, <laughs> and I'll sit down here and watch Nakamura. These, and... these two men here, we talk about wrestling. Yes, Hogan was king, but these two men sat atop that throne a couple of times. And in Hogan's absence now, these two men are the... the Big guns, you know, Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Ultimate Warrior. 
And to see them face off against each other as well. Two good guys. The fans are in for a treat. But Got Mr. Perfect. Yeah, go on. Has not shown his face. He's not, has he? I was wondering about that. Like, didn't come out with Randy Savage. And now look at the rabbit. Look at the crowd again. Absolutely mental. No one wearing brighter colours. No one wearing <laughs> brighter colours. <clears throat> Both wearing fluorescent pinks, greens, yellows and oranges. <laughs> Macho Man offering a handshake. In front of all these hundreds, tens of thousands. Come on, shake his hand, Warrior. We're in for a hell of a WF title match. Warrior. Warrior saying about respect. Are you backing in this one, Dan? I'm going to go with the Ultimate Warrior. Oh. Why? Because growing up, he was always my favourite. As a youngster, I idolised the Warrior. Mm. I've got to say Randy Savage because I always like my wrestlers who hit women. That's why I'm a huge fan of Steve Austin as well. <laughs> no, I've got, I've got to say Randy Savage because he's going to use his veteran experience. He's been there, done that, hasn't he? So I think he's got a little bit more edge on Warrior. Once the Warrior starts shaking the ropes, it's going to be all over for Savage. There we go. First lock-up as the fans are absolutely banana. Oh, Savage won that one. The Warrior let him. <laughs> Night Skies of SummerSlam. Night Skies... <laughs> In the studio. Yeah, the warrior showed his strength as night has come upon us. It's a bat. Has thrown the macho man down. The macho man's up low. Huge clothesline to warrior. Oh, and a back clothesline. Savage gets the warrior down, but the warrior <laughs> kicking out with ease. <laughs> showing the power yet again. Now macho up to the... Up to the top rope. Oh, yeah. Sorry, you're right. Oh, oh but gets caught in the midsection by the warrior. Who's drawing the energy from the thousands of fans in the arena? Oh, he's got Macho up. Oh, oh <laughs> atomic drop there to Savage. Oh, my word. I don't know which way it's going to go at the moment as the Warrior has picked up Macho. He's walking around. Do you think this is over already? Oh, oh and an inverted atomic drop there. And Warrior's got the fans on his side. Well, the crowd's drawing the energy from the fans, James. The little warriors. That's pulling it in. Yeah. The little warriors. The little warriors. Well, the macho man can fight it. Oh, my God. Gets no, he can't. With that clothesline. Ooh. Macho man managing to kick out, uh-huh. but not with as much authority as the warrior did. No, the warrior now knocking macho down. Ooh. The big shoulder block takedowns. Oh, goes to drop the big elbow, but Savage moved. That's it. Come on, macho. Now he's laying into Warrior the big right hands, follows it up with a knee drop. Yeah, he's going to get two. down. No. Oh, but the Warrior managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And now Macho knows if he wants to beat the Warrior, he can't just be, oh, he can't shoot his load early. He has to wear the Warrior down, get him in a sleeper hold, try and take the energy out. Because, you know, like you say, the Warrior relies on the fans. Oh, lovely jawbreaker there to get some separation by the Warrior. Oh, my word. Macho's a little bit of trouble. And the Warrior doesn't need a lot, does he, to get himself started. Just cut the moves. So damaging. So powerful. Face first into the canvas. Oh, but Savage there with a bit of a kick out. Ah. And he kicked out like he meant it. He wants to stamp his authority in this match. Doesn't want to be easy pickings for the Warrior. Big Irish rip to the corner. 
Oh, and the, the thing about this what we have to look at, Macho Man, Warrior looks impressive as well because of the way Macho's selling stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, get knocked down by that huge right hand there, picked up again. The way he bounces up and down, letting the Warrior get momentum in this match. <laughs> he is one of my favourite performers of all time, Randy Savage. Is he going to get Irish? Oh. oh, an Irish whip with authority. Big kicks by the Warrior. Well, He's got so much energy. Is the Warrior stumping the mud hole and walking it dry? Uh, uh, I think he's caving Macho Man's chest in, to be honest, James. Yeah, it looks that way as Savage, as the Warrior shaking those ropes. Like I say, so much energy. to come running down there. I mean, if I ran down from the entranceway to the ring, I'd still be recovering now, let alone <laughs> in the midst of a title match. Bear with. Bear with. you got any water. Water. <sighs> And the Warrior going for the big right hand. Oh, Savage trying to pull him off. <laughs> oh, and he does. And pulls him face first into the top turnbuckle. Uh-huh. That is an interesting look that the Warrior is wearing, isn't it? You know, that uh, singlet. <laughs> yeah. Looks like, is it is it in a body? It looks like Ali's outfit for <laughs> WrestleMania <laughs> 9. <laughs> Maybe they went to the same place. <laughs> Gonzalo saw it thought, yeah, I'll look good in that. As, oh, Macho. Eliminates the warrior from the Royal Rumble. Warriors in serious trouble. Here comes Savage. Oh, leaps over the top rope but lands on the wafer thin mats just to throw Warrior back in. Exerted a lot of energy there where he probably didn't have to, you're right. As he goes to the pin. Two. Oh, but Warrior managing to power out a two. Two. Now the Warrior in a little bit of trouble. This has been nice back and forth so far. As Macho is going to the top. Oh, Oh. Double axe smash to the head of Warrior, but <laughs> the Warrior's just going to run it off. <laughs> it is entertaining. I'm sorry. Anybody not enjoying this? Savage going up top for a second. Oh, oh. knocking the Warrior down. One, two. Oh. Kick out. Oh. Macho can't believe it. And is he going to go up stairs again? It may be... He has to bring out all his biggest weapons, doesn't he? To put the warrior away and off the top rope. Another double axe handle. No! Gets caught by the warrior. <laughs> the power of the ultimate warrior. One arm warrior. That's got Macho. This is unbelievable action. It's not slowed down once. Oh, oh. oh a big backbreaker. Goes for the cover. Two. <sighs> oh, Savage managing to kick out. Uh. But Savage has to exert so much energy there when the Warriors, his whole muscular body's on top of you. You're just trying to at least get a shoulder up and now being caught with those right hands. Throwing him into the corner. Or even though these two might be, you know, might have mutual respect. Big Irish whip there. And the Warrior absorbing in some more energy from the little Warriors. They are not showing each other any respect in this match. They're laying it in. Neither man is giving up an inch. Warrior again, Irish whip. Oh! And this is it. The Warrior, like I say, yeah, feeling it. Whipping Macho Man from pillar to post at the moment. And every time the Irish whip savage, the ring must move about an inch or two. But this is what it means when you're wrestling for the biggest title in the history of sports entertainment. And now he's going for the big bear hug, trying to squeeze the life out of Savage and just drops him. He might, to the mat yeah, like he might already have it. So he's interrupted there. I thought he had it already. Savage managing to kick out. Ah, and the power of the warrior. Macho has an offensive move. 
a couple of minutes. Needs to be careful. Warrior now. What's he going to look for? Sidewalk slam with authority. Goes for the cover. Two. Oh. But the heart in Savage. uh, (laughs) But the heart in Savage, I mean, he's just got a big, great, big heart. Well, this is the question. Is it going to fall? Wait a minute. Oh. Two. Oh. Oh. Savage with a small package. But Warrior managing to kick out. Oh. Well, this is the thing. Is Warrior being... Uh, by not hooking a leg, is he being too overconfident at the moment? You know, or is the match? Um, is he frustrating? Or what Warrior Macho Man is by I, showing his heart and determination? I think the Macho Man is a lot cleverer than the Warrior. Yeah, Warrior is a big muscly dumbass. <laughs> so do you think like Ali Frage, uh, Ali versus Foreman? He's kind of letting Warrior punch himself out and then yeah, rope a dope. Yeah, he's, he's going to recover and then beat Warrior that way. Well, maybe, but again, we're yet to see Perfect. Yes, Perfect is going to play a pivotal role in this match. You can just tell so much build-up for it. And at the moment, Macho Man managing to drop Warrior. And now he's trying to get the fans on side. Oh! Savage there, very athletically, grabbing hold of Warrior's head, top rope, and just hanging Warrior up on the top there. Two. Get him, no! Man just gets his shoulder up at two. Two. This has been a war between these two legends but in the ring. Can Savage keep Warrior down long enough to deliver that devastating elbow from the top? I don't think he can. We haven't seen Warrior in in a lot of trouble in this. You know, like I say, how powerful he still is with kickouts, how strong he is, and oh, the way he's Savage down going, Savage. Savage going for a suplex there, but his back just gave out from that continuous beating by Warrior. The Warrior's just shaking a bit of life back into himself, and... Uh, Hopefully going to go back on the offence. Oh, the big clubbing blow to the bottom of the back of Savage. Well, we say Warrior's not that clever, but he's noticed the lower back of Savage is hurting, and he's zeroing on that now. And like you say, the, the, the lower back hurt, to be able to lift the Warrior, who is such a big dude, is going to be in a lot of trouble. And now it looks like the Warrior calling on the fans again to try and get energy. Front face locked by the Warrior. But is the Warrior feeling the effects of Savage? Well, Macho, Macho has been brilliant in this match so far. The Warrior trying to get him up. Oh, oh One, two. No. Oh, Savage with a kick out. Ah, and again, not hooking a leg. And Savage reaching out for the bottom rope. Well, as you know, as you mentioned before, is the Warrior tired himself out. I mean, you know, he ran to the ring. He's always full of so much energy. And his matches don't normally last oh, this no. long. And the thing is, with the crowd, usually 100% of the crowd are behind you. Now they split 50-50 the Macho. So it's going to be difficult for the Warrior as Macho's up against the well, ropes. He can't absorb as much energy from 50% as he would do from the whole crowd. As we see there with a clothesline by Warrior. Macho Man dodging out of the way. Warrior going splat on those wafer-thin blue mats on the outside. Now Savage going up top. Warrior just barely to his feet. Oh, a double axe handle smashed to the back of Warrior's head. Sends him rolling off the uh, elevated stage area there that the ring's on. And the Macho's not giving up. But I'm going to say something now. It's going to be weird. I mean, I love uh, high-flying matches. I love uh, well-contested matches with a lot of moves. They seem to be doing basic wrestling moves, but it seems to mean more because they've got more timing with it. Do you know what I mean? It's like a suplex there. I thought, fucking hell, it's a big move. And I was like, hang on a minute, it's just a suplex. But because of the way they're they're portraying the story of the match as well. Oh, most definitely. 
You know, it's you know brilliant storytelling. Even though it is, it's nothing compared to the wrestling skills that you get nowadays. It is just basic manoeuvres they're but doing here. I've, I've, it's, it's but like, they're doing them so so well. And I think the entertainment factor is just the same, maybe a little bit more because we know what the prize means, you know. And now Savage on the outside with Warrior. And Warrior's looking absolutely spent there, trying to keep himself up. Well, he's just been thrown head first into the ring post. And Savage now. Go straight after the Warrior. And I don't know in the history of Elmer Warrior he's ever been in this much trouble right here. And it has gone a long time as well. It's an excellent point you made. Definitely over 15 minutes now. Savage going for the cover. And Macho Man, oh, getting a kick out. Uh, uh. Warrior kicking out. Uh. Oh. 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 What's happened, Dan? Ric Flair <laughs> and Mr. Perfect are making their way down to ringside. As a setting Warrior up for the powerbomb, but Warrior uh, lifted Savage over his back and <laughs> Savage managing the roll through for the cover. But Warrior kicking out oh. and then delivering a clothesline to Savage, who he then pins, but Savage managing to get the shoulder <laughs> up at two. Two! A lot happened there, but you kept updating it down as the Warrior is going to slam Macho Man as Flair and Perfect slowly walking down. They're both smirking. No, they're not, James. They've just got a grin on their face. They've not got a cigarette. And now, where's the Warrior going? He went on the apron and decided to come back in. Because he's building up his energy, isn't he? Here we go. You have to get closer to the fans. Oh! Looking for his patented running splash. But Savage manages to get the knees up and delivers them to the midsection of the Warrior. Oh my god, a perfect, so cool coming out of his suit and the booted. Spit out his gum, just swatted it away because he is perfect. Curtis Axel, another guy, never gonna make, never gonna be anything no. like his dad was. Oh, and as I was talking about Axel, looks like Macho Man Randy Savage nearly had Warrior. But do you notice he was close to the ropes to be able to get his hand on the ropes, but he chose to kick out. Ah, because that is who, what the character is all about. Every wrestler you've seen here, even though it might be a little bit childish, Defines them who they are. Oh, my God. Both men running the ropes there so fast. And a double. Both men down and now fair and perfect at ringside. Which way is this going to go? The crowd loves it. I loves it. I loves it. <laughs> 25 years ago and shirt still or Hebner. Is he going to cut both men out? Referee's up to eight. Nine. No! Oh, Warrior managing to get the cover. Oh, oh. but Savage with the kick out. Ah. And now Savage, Savage with the cover. <laughs> oh! Sorry to interrupt you there, but we're both going to say the same thing. Well, no, it's, I've never seen someone being covered, kicking out, and then being in the covering position. Oh! Savage looking ready to run the ropes, but gets his legs swept from underneath him by Mr. Perfect, and the referee didn't see it. Warrior sold out. Warrior sold and Flair... We're in, must be in the Ultimate Warriors dressing room because they've just tripped up Macho Man. Turtles on the line. Oh, my God. An Ultimate Warrior, I can't believe it's sold out. Macho, turn round. Turn round, Macho. Oh, oh a clubbing right half from the Warrior, knocking Savage off his feet. But has Warrior got any energy? Is he struggling now to get Macho Man up? Oh, my God. <laughs> just picks him up and throws him into the corner. <laughs> A power of power of warrior there, nearly breaking Macho's neck. And look at Flair and Perfect. I can't believe it. In cahoots with the warrior. <laughs> One of my favourite words. Cahoots. 
Don't worry, get an Irish whip, macho. Oh! Oh! But Warrior kind of reverses it and goes back into the corner Savage come from, but Earl Hebner was in the way and <laughs> inadvertently took out the referee. And now it's just... And Warrior... Oh! Big slam there by the ultimate Warrior. <laughs> this is a perfect shoot in a glass at Ric Flair or us, I don't know. He was looking at me. And the Warrior going to go up. Very rarely does the Warrior go up top. Well, with the WF title on the line, Warrior wants to give it his all. Even though he has sided with perfect flair, here comes Warrior. Double axe handle, smash to the head of Savage. This is it. He's got the cover. One, two, three. And the Warrior's counted three. Referee's in position. Two, four. But Savage emphatically kicking out. Emphatically. (laughs) And Warrior can't believe it. You should have hooked the leg, mate. I'm just saying. Hashtag just saying. He wants the title. He's gesticulating to the referee. It's three against one at the moment. Oh, Macho now. Oh. oh. <laughs> Hits Warrior in the back who inadvertently takes out the referee and Earl Hebner's gone through the ropes. And now Macho's got Warrior up for the pile driver. Ooh, oh. oh. Seated pile driver on the Warrior. Referee's the not there. Referee's not there and he would have had the free count. Macho checking where the referee is. Now, Perfect trying to wake the warrior up. Oh, this is disgusting. Referee's down. Perfect helping his new best friend. What? Oh! So Perfect and Flair was working with Savage. What? And not the warrior. But he tripped Macho and Flair's just knocked Warrior out with some brass nuts. And Savage is reviving the referee. I don't believe this. Savage signalling the end. We don't need to pick him up. He's knocked out. Macho doesn't know this. You asked what we do to keep down the Warrior for the elbow. And I think Warrior's already dead weight. Oh, scoop slam. So Flair and Perfect were working with Savage. I don't, I don't know where else this could go. Savage now to the top. Elbow drop. Ooh, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> and he overjumped it. <laughs> Landed on his feet with the elbow drop, Savage there. Oh, oh, have no struggling to get across. One, One two. two. Oh! Savage had a handful of tights, but the Warrior managing to kick out. Ah. And Warrior showed his toughness. And now, what's Perfect and Flair's plan? How are they going to beat Matt? How are they going to beat Warrior? Well, they're both intelligent men. I'm sure they're going to come up with something. Well, they're in heat discernment. The Warrior now. What's what's happening with the Warrior? <laughs> He's convulsing, I think. <laughs> Savage trying to stop him, but it's not working. He's drawing the energy from the fans, James. <laughs> I'm sending you my energy, Warrior. Oh, my word. Take it, Warrior. Savage can't stop Warrior at the moment. No, nothing can stop Warrior when he's shaking the ropes, James. I said this at the beginning. <laughs> well, he's on the blue rope. He's on the white rope. If he goes to the red rope, Savage's in trouble. He's in trouble. <laughs> oh, he's marching on the spot. He is warrioring up now. And Savage right hand didn't have any effect. And one big right hand from the warrior. Followed by a clothesline. Another clothesline. <laughs> and a third. Savage managed to get up three times. Not now, though. Warrior's got him in position. Here we go. Oh, oh big shoulder block takedown. 
And you know what's next? The power slam. <laughs> I don't believe, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. Mr. Perfect looking on. Can't believe the power of the warrior. I can believe it. I know you backed him to begin with. I should have done. And now Savage in perfect position. In Mr. Perfect position. <laughs> oh! Gorilla oh. Press! Gorilla Press slam. Drops him face first. Oh, missed. Oh! But he didn't miss with a chair to the back of the warrior. Well, perfect missed. Warrior grabbing the warrior's leg. But that distracted him long enough to not see Flair swinging that chair. Hit warrior in the back. And now the macho man's got his plan. And is he going to pin for the ultimate warrior right now? <laughs> I didn't realize You're a poet and you didn't even uh, realise. Probably he's perfect. And now Savage. Pedigree time. No, Savage. He's already hit one elbow. Think of the, each, what each man has gone through in this match. It's been a hellacious match already. And Savage is wondering why he's not been pinned for the title. I mean, you know, Warriors down. How did he go down? Why did he go down? And now Savage, yeah, got that quizzical look. He's like, mm, what happened there, brother? I didn't do it. But nonetheless... Well, just Flair saying, look, just take advantage of it. Oh, and perfect. <laughs> Taking Savage's leg and uh, Savage trying to kick per- Dodged it. He would have knocked his front teeth out. And Savage, well, what type of man is he? Is he going to take this victory with the elbow drop? Well, you know, it wasn't him that done anything, so why not? But it was flaring perfect. Not this way, Macho. Not this way. But nonetheless, he's going to the top. Oh, WF title on the line, like you say. But Savage, looking at us. Oh! Turns his attentions to Flair, who <laughs> swats him away with a steel chair. <laughs> oh, well, a macho man's plan is just being ripped up into shreds. Because Flair just assaulted him. With a chair. With <laughs> Flair with a chair. And our referee counting. Very quickly. And there you go, yeah, the quickest count in the world. Macho's been counted out. And oh my God, Flair and Perfect now the assault. Oh! They're going to break the ankle, James. It looks like he's severely injuring that leg. And Flair with a figure four. Woo! Oh my word. I don't believe this. Perfect beating down Macho Man and Flair. So this was the plan all along, just to cause chaos, was it? Well, it seems like they're on neither man's side. I mean, <laughs> they hit Warrior with the chair and the brass knuckles, and then they've assaulted Savage, who went to go to take out Ric Flair, and then got swatted away with a chair. Well, I can't believe it. Warrior's up, though. And Flair has got the chair. Oh, but Warrior grabs the chair off of... Now he's going to use that over there. No! <laughs> Energy of Warrior still. Fair play to him. No one can outrun the Warrior. <laughs> He's chasing <laughs> after Flair. With the chair, he throws at him. <laughs> and beats his chest like he's King Kong. Well, well, he must be pissed off. He's had his opportunity at the title taken away from him by these two deviants. That's true. Warrior has won the match, but he didn't win the championship thanks to Flair and Perfect. And you got eight of Macho Man's leg and the Warrior coming back down. With a steel chair, it's just not, it's not going to end well for Macho. Well, he's dropped the chair. He's getting back in the ring. He's in serious trouble, the Warrior. Checking on him, and uh, i got to say, what a performance by both men. And how is this going to end now? 
Well, the world said the official announcement Warrior won the match. But they didn't get the title. Oh, I thought the Warrior was going to be a gentleman then. Help! Oh, no, wait a minute. He snatched the title off the timekeeper. Well, he won the match. He should get the title, James. Well, he's got the title in hand. Is he going to walk away with it or he's going to hit Macho Man Randy Savage over the head with it? Well, both seem like logical options. <laughs> yeah, they do. Well, he could just give it to a Savage. Don't, well, and the, the title. title belt, yeah. <laughs> Savage holding that leg. It looks to be in serious trouble. And I'm Warrior looking at the gold. That could have been his if it wasn't for Flair and Perfect. And oh, my word. Is he going to pick him up to Gorilla Press slam him? No. He's being a gentleman and putting the title in, <coughs> putting the title in Savage's hands and raising it because Warrior is a true gentleman. Well, what a moment between these two men to show the respect after that. Macho is still champion. Warrior helping him. What a moment for these two. Hogan is, like we say, it's all about Hogan, but this is a moment in time where Macho and Warrior were stars in their own right, and what a fucking moment, and what a match, Dan. Brilliant fucking match. You know, it's not your classic type of wrestling that you see nowadays, but, you know, the match, it just shows two Warriors, two masters of the ring. You know, Warrior wasn't the most gifted athlete, but he certainly performance inside that squared yeah, circle. Yeah, absolutely Brilliant. I can't say any more. You know, I thoroughly, I, I thought I would enjoy this pay-per-view, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Not just a nostalgic feel, but the way, you know, especially in this match, in this moment here, it does bring tears to my eye, you know, because it just, you remember both these men now, of course, if you, especially with the tragic look, tragedy, uh, what's happened to the Warrior and Macho Man since then, unfortunately, long, long being with us. It's a hell of a moment. Yeah, so after that, we see Mean Gene interviewing Flair and Perfect, and they're saying that there, there was a done deal, and it was between Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect, and they've gone to Plan B now, and Flair lost his shit in that interview, didn't he? It was a, another very shouty interview. Yeah, Flair wants to be W champion, and that's why the result of both of these beating the hell at Match and Warrior. But how can we get any better than what we've just seen. How can it improve? Well, I tell you, boys and girls, it looks like we've got Harvey Wimpleman out here, which means that up next, we've got one of the legends of the WWE. For the Lord of the Jungle. It's the scariest man in the world. It's a man we've seen have a casket match with the Undertaker, and this is all build up their feud they had before it. And Kamala, the Ugandan giant, Dan as a child, did he scare you? He scared the bejesus out of me. I wouldn't like to meet him in a dark alley, I'll tell you that for nothing. Well, this man from Uganda, deepest, darkest Africa, Dan. This man is capable of everything, anything. You see him wearing his war mask, come down to the ring, and he's with Harvey Whippleman and one of your favourites. Kim Chi. <laughs> yeah, Kim Chi, who was the, uh, the tamer of Kamala. Look at that pop, look at the crowd reaction. And look at this entrance. Being led out by Paul Bearer and the Urn on the back of a hearse. One of the greatest entrances in WWE history. Look at this. From Death Valley. And that casket in that hearse, Dan, has got Kamala's name written all over it. Look at his stoic undertaker. He's only been in the WWE two years at this point. And look how popular he was. Why was he popular? He was an undertaker. It didn't make sense. But I loved him for it. He's the reason I got into pro wrestling for the Undertaker is. And he's the reason why we've got a three-part 
<laughs> Undertaker special. We have focusing on all of the Undertaker first part, 1990 to uh, 99, and the American badass phase, and then of course. When he was reborn, he's taking the present day dead man. And who would have believed that when we started the podcast, we would watch the so-called end of the Undertaker at this year's WrestleMania as well, WrestleMania 33. Indeed. Losing to Roman Reigns in the fashion he did. And this is where it all began with the Undertaker. He was a monster at this point, wasn't he, you know? Pale-skinned, dark-haired, barely spoke. Yeah. Paul Bearer did all the speaking for the Undertaker. The Undertaker was untouchable in the ring. And that's why they had to have so many monsters trying to beat. Because when he'd been WF champion in a short space of time. And you and I'll tell you what, Kamala said he's not scared. There's one thing he's scared of, Dan. Do you know what that is? Caskets. Caskets. He hates them. Just like Heidenreich. He, he does, just like most of the people Undertaker's faced. They are scared of caskets. And Kamala does not like it. Kimchi's saying, don't worry. I do worry about the casket. And it's appropriate that it's dark. It is. It is. That's what makes an Undertaker entrance even better, isn't it? You know, night time, the creatures of the night are out in force. The Undertaker getting a fantastic reception. I love this Undertaker. (laughs) Now the hearse slowly reversing out. (laughs) Look at that, the way he takes off his hat. The grey gloves as well. This is vintage Undertaker. I, I love this. My, my, the the four-year-old inside me loves this, Dad. The four ins- four-year-old that you've been inside loves <laughs> it as well. Oh, and Kamala going to hit the Undertaker. Well, the Undertaker wires to it and hits him with a barrage of uppercuts, sending Kamala back to the corner and just choking the life out of the Ugandan monster. Ugh. Well, it's the power of the urn. It's the power of Paul Bear, isn't it? And we see the relationship these two men have, Paul Bear and the Undertaker. Untake Paul Bearer. <laughs> now working on Kamala in the corner. Oh, but an Irish, rip, Irish whip reversal sends Undertaker into the corner, but he sidesteps Umaga, uh, Umaga Kamala coming on. <laughs> At least Kamala's still alive. And Undertaker now bending back that arm, and he's going to go and do old school. Well, at this point in time, just be a... Uh, school. School, <laughs> yeah. Walking the top rope. Big oh. chop across the back of the neck for Kamala. And Kamala's in no man's land. And look at the Undertaker getting distracted by Kimchi. Kamala trying to creep up behind him, but the Undertaker, he must have eyes in the back of his head. Undertaker's been in complete control of this match. Kamala's got nowhere to go. And Harvey Whippleman there on the apron trying to distract the Undertaker. Shaking the top rope. Oh, sending the Undertaker crashing off, but immediately the Undertaker gets back to his feet. And Kamala with the chop and a clothesline over the top, but Undertaker lands on his feet. <laughs> Grabs Wimpleman and Kimchi <laughs> by the throat. <laughs> but Kamala there, trying to take out the Undertaker from behind. Ooh. A couple of strikes, but the Undertaker doesn't back down and he just keeps trying to go for the attack. He's like Frankenstein, isn't he? Always rising from the depths. He gets slammed into the stairs. But it's the urn, it's the power of the urn keeping him going. As Paul Bear is trying to help his man. Kamala, constant attack. It's great strategy against the Undertaker. You have to be, haven't you? You can't give him an inch to... You can't give him an inch because it will take a mile. Exactly. Kamala's back in. And he's... Oh, the huge chops to the Undertaker. But the Undertaker, Dan, won't go down, will he? No, very <laughs> rarely does go down. Will he? Oh! Ducks underneath Kamala's clothesline. 
Oh! Choke slam. And instead of going for the pin, started choking him. But I think he was in a pin position there, don't you? Yes, but I think he had an illegal choke hold. That's why the referee couldn't count it. Yeah. <laughs> That's excellent point. The Irish whips you out of Kamala. And Undertaker going high. And saluting the urn. Bearers signalling for the end. I tell you what, if we were doing top trap, it's Undertaker versus any wrestler ever. And I reckon this guy would come out on top. Is he looking for the tombstone? Oh, come on. Kimchi into trying to attack Undertaker and stop him from putting Kamala down. And now Kimchi is in all sorts of trouble. Oh, oh Undertaker sends Kimchi out the ring. Kamala with a kick to the back of the Undertaker. And come on now, this match is over, but Kamala is doing that attack. Just running into the Undertaker, who's in the corner. And now going to slam him. Oh, oh, my word. Big slam from Kamala to the Taker. Rubbing his belly, and now, oh, squashing the Undertaker. And this is the first time we've seen Undertaker in any kind of trouble. And now Kamala on the second rope now. Oh, oh big splash onto the Undertaker. No, he's not going to the top, is he? Not to the top, bro. This is a truly finished taker off. Well, Kamala is on top now. No! Oh! oh. Just literally squashed the Undertaker there. And Kamala has sent a strong message. Scarper in a way, but <laughs> the Undertaker just sits up and looks at Kamala, who has shit himself. He has. And that head turn as well by Taker. Just so fucking cool, man. Just get it up. Turn it out. There you go. And now he's chasing Kamala down. Well, this match, this feud is not over. It would end at Survivor Series. But Undertaker just walking through everything to get to Kamala. And that is classic. Dan, what do you think of the match? Brilliant. Undertaker, just great. I mean, you know, it's it's how beasts should be portrayed nowadays. And they don't get portrayed like that anymore. No. They really don't. And, and it's fantastic. You can see the reaction that he's getting as well. And like I say, yeah, maybe basic, but, he, you know, this is the thing. He was give, He had to work with what he was given, and he made it work as well, even though it might not have been the best wrestling. He made it work for 25 years. Exactly. Well, exactly. over 25 years. I know. A cr- unbelievable achievement, The Undertaker. And this is just one of those very moments in time that we can just salute you as we're backstage. And look who it is, Dan. Davey Boy Smith. Davey Boy Smith, you have got to be feeling enormous pressure going into this match for the Intercontinental Championship. You will be stepping into the ring with your brother-in-law. Obviously, this match has torn both sides of the family apart. First of all, your thoughts on the family pressures you are facing now. Well, I'm facing a lot of pressures in the family, Sean. But I didn't make this match. Jack Tunney made this match. For the British Bulldog has fought hard for two long years to be the number one contender for the Intercontinental belt. Yes, Brett, you are the Intercontinental champion. Yes, Brett, you are my brother-in-law. But when I step in the ring with you, Brett, I never met you. I don't even know you. But at the end of the match, I just hope the families reunite. British Bulldog, that brings me to my second point, one that may even bring even more pressure on you, the fact that you will be stepping out into that stadium in front of 80,000 of your fellow countrymen. Sean, 
<laughs> that isn't a pressure. That's a dream for the British Bulldog. And my second dream is at the end of the match, the British Bulldog will be the next World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental Champion. Let's go over to Mean Gene. Well, I've got to agree with my broadcast colleague, Sean Mooney. Indeed, there is a great deal of pressure for this intercontinental title bout. However, the pressure for the champion, you, Brett the Hitman Hart, much different than the pressure on the challenger, the British Bulldog. For him to win this coveted title, he must either make you submit or get the pinfall. One, two, three, in the center of the ring. And then, of course, there's the question of the family pressure. Let me tell you something, Gene. As far as family pressure goes, I've proven that I work real well under pressure. But you know something really bugs me, that really irks me, is the British Bulldog actually has the gall to come out here and say that when he steps in the ring with me, that he's never met me, that he doesn't know me. Well, let me tell you something, British Bulldog. Take a good look at my face and look me in the eye and tell me you don't know me. Do you remember that far back, British Bulldog, when I was the one that introduced you to my sister Diana in the first place? And as far as your career in the World Wrestling Federation, I'm the one that helped you the most. You wouldn't be where you are in the World Wrestling Federation if it wasn't for me. Talk about gratitude. You know, the British Bulldog forgets he's the one that wanted to challenge me. He's the one responsible for all the family tension. He's the one that wanted a shot at the gold. Well, you know something? The British Bulldog, he wanted the big fight. He's got the big fight. And as far as his big dream, you know what I think of his big dream? This big dream of his of, of winning the World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental title in front of 80,000 of his compatriots. Well, you know, I think this big dream of his is going to turn into a nightmare. And in tomorrow morning when he wakes up, he's going to think he woke up in the dungeon. Windsor Castle. <laughs> so Bulldog backstage, Dan, what's he saying? Um, well, he said, look, I didn't make the match. You didn't make the match. President Jack Tunney made the match. But after it's all said and done, I hope the families are reunited. <laughs> and then he was asked, Bulldog was asked, if there's any pressure to go out there and perform at Wembley Stadium. And he said, it's a dream. He's not and from his Luke. second dream. He's from Manchester, Manchester, England, England. He said it was a dream, and his second dream is to walk out with the WWF World Intercontinental Champion. Well, there's one man who disagrees, and that is the WWF World Intercontinental Champion, Bret Hart. So we see Bret Hart down. What did he have to say? A lot. He had to say a lot. Don't he had a lot to say. What were the main points? <laughs> well, he said basically, you know. British Bulldog wouldn't be where he was today if it wasn't for Bret Hart. He introduced him to his sister Diana. And, you know, you want the fight, I'll give you the fight. Yeah, not only introduced his sister, helped him in the WF to get to where he was right now. And he's saying, yeah, that big dream's going to become a nightmare tomorrow morning. All right, up next, the tanker defeated the Berserker by Pinfall. This match was originally scheduled as part of the pay-per-view. But due to time constraints, it was cut from the pay-per-view lineup in post-production. The match, however, later aired on WWF Primetime Wrestling on the Silver Vision home video release in the UK. 
This match was placed after the WWF World Heavyweight Championship match. So if you've got the Silver Vision video at home, you will have this match. If you're watching the network, you have not. Well, up next, Dan, oh, this is when you just become so racist at this point in time because it is Roddy Roddy Piper and he's joining the Balmola Highlanders in playing Scotland the Brave on the bagpipes. My dad would be proud. Rowdy, Roddy, Piper. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time I would like to introduce to you the Balmoral Highlanders. What in the world? How about this? I've always hated hard rock. Hard rock? Yeah. Like a bunch of grown men in skirts playing vacuum cleaners. Come on, get the flavor of this. Sounds like somebody pulled the tail off a cat. Look at the hair on that guy. That's not hair. They're the Balboa Highlander, and they're playing Scotland the Brave. And now, ladies and gentlemen, as a special surprise, here to perform with the Balmoral Highlanders, Rowdy! Rowdy! How about that? He's going to break the instrument. It's hard not to reminisce back to some of the greatest wrestle, uh, some <laughs> matches held at the biggest event of the summer. Tremendous battles such as Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect, night one. Brett versus Owen in a brother versus brother match. Brother. In a steel cage match. Shawn Michaels versus Razor Moan in a ladder match. And, of course, Shawn Michaels returned to the ring after five, four years of retirement to face former DX partner Triple H in a street fight in 2002 to hold all nostalgic value and significance in the history of the pay-per-view, though none arguably as great as the match featured that we are just about to watch. In a match, he would let consider Grant would have to carry his brother-in-law through an entire match as Bulldog forgot everything he was supposed to do. This was a result of many unfortunate choices made before the match. So, all this that we're going to talk about now is what Bret Hart says in his autobiography, Hitman, My Real Life in the Cartoon World of Wrestling, a book that we have both read, Dan, okay? And we're going to take the negative with the positive. We're going to take the yeah, negative with the positive here. And this is what Bret said a few years ago, and then we've got what Bret has said recently as well. But we're going to draw the match in its entirety, but I didn't think it would be fair if we didn't talk about a little bit of the controversy, controversy behind it. Well, rumour had it that Vince had big plans for SummerSlam 92. J.J. Dillon, Vince's talent coordinator, whose job was basically doing Vince's dirty work when it came to fining, firing and delivering other bad news. Let slip that the pay-per-view was possibly going to be in either Washington, D.C. or London, England. I went to see Dillon wanted me to drop the belt to Shawn Michaels. I had an idea for that match that I wouldn't even tell him until he promised me that he'd never use it for anyone else. Vince agreed, so I told him about the concept of a ladder match. The more I told him, the more he liked it. Also, if SummerSlam was held in England, I suggested, why didn't I drop the IC belt to Davey there, and Davey could, in turn, drop it to Sean shortly thereafter. The pop in the UK would be huge because Davey was a homeboy. Vince told me he liked both ideas, at the next TVs, he asked me to show him a ladder match. I could do it with Sean, I said. 
I rang Davey as soon as I left Vince's office to tell him, but he was so down about his six-week suspension for testing positive for steroids that he showed little enthusiasm. Even though it was three months away, the match with Davey Boy soon became almost all I had thought about, piecing it together move by move in my head. I'd kept an old bunch of Leo Burks tucked away in my head for just the right moment, and this would be it. By the time I got to TVs in Hamilton on June 1st, it was official. Sam Sam would be at Wembley Stadium in London. Davey was back on the road and Vince was going ahead with my idea to drop the IC belt to him. As the summer slipped away, I spent my time training and working on another big cartoon drawing of all the wrestlers, this time for Vince. I couldn't help but feel indebted to him. I constantly phoned Davey in Florida, but all Diana could tell me was Jim somewhere. I finally tracked Jim just hours before... I was leaving for England and was shocked when he told me that he'd just taken Davey and Diana to the airport. Davey was high as a kite when he, <laughs> when he caught his flight. Jim said because he'd been up all night smoking crack with him. Jim told me Davey had a gorilla on his back and was worried about him. I wish Jim could, would take a good look at himself. Uh, I couldn't have been more disappointed in Davey and feared he would end up making us both look bad. I remembered Vince asking me back in Brighton, Back in Birmingham, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that is. Back in Birmingham, if I was sure I could go on last in the main event, I can promise you nobody would be able to follow us. I'd say. And when I asked Vince whether he wanted me to run the finish past him, he told me I don't want to know. Surprise me. I'd never heard him say that to anyone else before or after, but now I truly had no idea what surprises the match was likely to have in store. When I arrived in London, hundreds of fans poured out of the hotel lobby to chart my name in the streets. I set out to find Davey, but he's off somewhere with Diana and his family. I didn't see him until the required entrance rehearsal at Wembley Stadium the night before the show. When I asked him why he hadn't returned my calls all summer, he wasn't able to look me in the eye. He fessed up that he'd been smoking crack with Jim for weeks and was now terrified. He'd gone back to the same helpless kid I'd rescued from Dynamite ten years earlier. Trust me, Davey. And I'll do all I can to get you through tomorrow, okay? He nodded and I sat him down for a crash course, going over and over our match and making him recite the moves back to me. It was now completely up to me to save our match. The following day, we arrived at Wembley early. The sun hid high in a eye, but there was a collective sigh of relief because it looked like it wasn't going to rain. Well, once the show started, I worried and waited, fearing that the other wrestlers would run too long, leaving me and Davey with not enough time to tell our story. If we ran out of time, it would be my tough luck, since if Davey beat me in a short match, it could ruin me in England. One positive note that there was that was that the referee was Gorilla's boy, Joey Morella, who in my opinion was the best WF ref. I knew he'd do his best to help me communicate with Davey once we got out there. The sky was a beautiful purple-blue by the time our match was called. Davey went out before me to a huge ovation. I was banking on my sense that the British fans truly loved me, but I would feel they had to support their fellow countrymen. To all the fans watching via satellite, I'll be a huge underdog. <coughs> I'll be a huge underdog. Today, I'd break all their hearts and win their undying loyalty. I was betting my career on it. Right, so before the match starts, should we watch the match and then talk about it a little bit afterwards? Shut everything up, because it is now time for, like they said, the greatest match in SummerSlam history. And we see Tom Mooney getting Diana's thoughts on it. What do you think of Diana? What do you think she looks like? I'd have a tear. Yeah, yeah, I think she's all right. Former beauty kit queen in Calgary as well. We saw that in 97 when she was part of the uh, Heart Foundation. But back in 92, 
and she's not picking a side. Bruce Hart publicly supported Smith and Owen Hart sided with his brother Brett. While Diana says she did not know who she wanted to win and simply hoped neither man would get hurt. Well, in the lead up to the match, Smith suffered from serious health problems, some allegedly self-inflicted, but the two men delivered a classic that has stood the test of time. <laughs> so Diana's getting asked, what side would you pick? And uh, she manages to talk out for, for like four minutes without actually giving an answer. So I reckon she's back in Brett in this one, do you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's personal, personal side, isn't it? Both uh, brother-in-laws, unbelievable main event. A bulldog's been up all night smoking crack. <laughs> That's not going on. There's another nice story later about bulldog. It's what we've been waiting for all night, Dan. Here comes a bulldog. And a huge ovation for the hometown man. Oh, my God. We haven't got a star. We haven't had a star like this in years with a bulldog. And look who's coming out of him, Dan. Cedric Alexander, no. Lennox Lewis. Lennox Lewis. And at that time, he was the reigning Commonwealth heavyweight boxing champion. So he wasn't even world champion yet. Bulldog helped Lennox Lewis out, you see. By giving him crack. By giving him crack. Does the Bulldog look in good shape, Dan? He looks in bloody good shape for a (laughs) crackhead. (laughs) Does he look in good shape, Dan? Yeah. (laughs) You wouldn't have known that he'd been out for six weeks. For steroid abuse. Uh, I mean, the Bulldog looks in great shape and the home crowd, 80,000 people, cheering him on. Cheering on for a crackhead. <laughs> You're going to ruin this main event for me. <laughs> Crack? So the Bulldog is out in. I think he looks fantastic. Draped in the Union Jack. Muscles are bulging. He is here in the main event to become the Intercontinental Champion. With Lennox Lewis waving the British flag as well. What a moment for us in the main event at Wembley Stadium. 80,000 people. And it is a good ovation. Bret Hart, the Intercontinental Champion, coming out here now. Not as strong as the Bulldogs, was it? Nah. No, it's definitely not, but... You know, a, a good reception for the outsider of the match, shall we say. Yeah, but Brett has got his fans out there, though. Make no mistake about that. And he'll be confident going to this one. Because if there's ever a man with a plan, it is Brett Hart. Especially smoking all that crack. Now, Brett Hart coming out here. This is unbelievable, Dad. I'm so excited. How are you feeling right now? Hyped! <laughs> oh, you are. You're ruining it. You're ruining it. Mojo. <laughs> Crackhead. <laughs> right, get your shit together. Steroids. I'm not having you ruin this. <clears throat> this is this is the only chance we're ever going to do this. The only time we're ever going to record this match is right now. We've had a great pay for you so far. So it's Bret Hart, British Bulldog. Crackhead. <laughs> Here we go. Bret Hart, British Bulldog, Intercontinental title. Gorilla Monsoon's son. Icy title belt referee. Bret Hart's glasses. Now Bret Hart's going to take his glass off one lucky fan at ringside. And oh, and that fan would grow up to do this very WWE Network Review podcast. <laughs> no, that's not you. Well, thanks, Bret. Wow, what a moment that is. And look at this. Complete darkness now uh, in, at night in the sky. <laughs> you can see what's going on. Exactly. The night has drawn in. 80,000 people watching on bated breath. Which way is it going to go? Will it be Bulldog? Will it be Bret Hart? We're going to find out. These two men tie up for the first time in this match. Well, I think Bulldog's definitely got the strength advantage. I think Bret, you give him speed, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, most definitely. And Brett is, of course, the excellence of execution. But Bulldog has got a few technical moves in his arsenal as well. And he's got, like we say, he's going to rely on the power. So he pushes Brett off and he hits turnbuckle. But Brett looking really well at this moment in time. He's looking great, yeah. This is before the stroke and his brother's death. So he's, he's honestly, he's looking really, really good. As he leapfrogs Bulldog. Oh, and just runs right through Brett, who gets sent straight to the outside of the ring. And uh, the power of the British Bulldog... Brett's not going to be able to keep up with that. No, but Brett knows he's got to kind of maybe... Well, Brett definitely knows he's got to slow this down. He can't let the Bulldog beat him up in the early going. You've got to think of the excitement that Bulldog's got. He said how happy he was about performing in front of his uh, hometown crowd as well, his home fans. Type headlock takedown, but Bulldog with a head scissors. And again, an early exchange between the two. Both Brett men, Hart getting the better of it. Yeah, both men learnt Stu Hart's stunt about that. Bulldog's got all the experience to back himself up there. Him and Brett have known each other for so long. Like I say, members of the family. Bulldog standing up with Brett because he couldn't get hold of the scissors again. Going for the grid of press. Oh, but Brett trying to roll up. Kick this match over early, but Bulldog kicking out at one. One. And Brett's trying to go again for the quick pinfall. Maybe trying a lot we spoke about earlier. Trying to get Bulldog out of breath as the match goes on. The longer it goes, the more it favours Brett, doesn't it? You yeah, know? definitely. You know, We know Brett can... Uh, Go a mile, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, he's going to try and tire the Bulldog out. He's got him in a side sleeper right now. He's just, like I say, going to try and wear down the Bulldog. Trying to show who's in control of this match. We know Bret Hart's going to be looking for as well with the sharpshooter. Bulldog's all about the power. And he managed to get out of that. Managed to put his head free and just delivering the knees to Brett's arm, which is tied up behind his back. You know, he's got wrist control at the moment. Brett's going to try and fight off. Yeah, Bulldog with a lovely hammerlock. Brett, that's the uh, that's called a back elbow to the face. Getting control and Brett not doing it the uh, the nicest way, but now getting control of the arm. Well, he's no he knows he's not going to be the fan favourite here because you know he's going against a hometown hero. So why not play the hill for a bit? Well, by any means necessary, you're going to work on the arm. And if you take the arm off the Bulldog, you're going to take away the power game. Yeah, but look how good the Bulldog looks there, getting out of it. Oh, very athletic and getting an arm bar of his own. Showing what he can do. And he looks like he belongs right now. And Diana looking on at ringside. She must be so nervous to see her husband and her brother going at it in the ring. And now Brett's trying to get out of the arm. The arm wrangler by Bulldog. Leapfrog by Brett. Oh, leapfrog attempt by Brett but gets caught by Bulldog. And a move that doesn't make the slingshot straight into the top turnbuckle. And the fans absolutely loving it. The hometown hero getting the upper hand. Yeah, and straight back to that arm. Gonna get a little breath back a little bit. Bulldog doesn't want to overdo it in the early going. I mean, this is without out Bulldog's biggest match of his life. And Brett's, to be clear, at this point in time for Brett. I mean, Brett would have bigger matches, obviously, as his career yeah. went along. But I think with Bulldog, he never really made it main event again, especially being at Wembley Stadium. It was just meant for him, wasn't it, at this point in yeah. time? Brett trying to get out of the arm. Irish whipping Bulldog. Oh, but fixed down for the pin. But Brett managing to kick out. Oh. You can hear the crowd going absolutely mental as well. <laughs> Bulldog and Brett. Bulldog's got the arm. She's going to take his time. I mean, what was your favourite Bulldog look, Dan? If you had to pick. Um, I'd have to go with this one. Yeah? Because, I, I, you know, I didn't quite like him when he was uh, in his denim shorts with shorter hair. Yeah, and of course we've seen uh, 
recently as for WWW when he had the short pants, short hair. I think, yeah, the braids, he, I think he, he pulled it off. And I think many men with braids can actually pull it off. And I think the bulldog did. Him and Road Dog. Yeah, yeah, credit to those two men. And of course, black men, but I'm talking about white. You know. I reckon you should. You think I should be braids? Yeah, fuck it. I'm going to do it now, right now. Yeah, bulldog's got Brett. Making sure he's just got control. And you can see Brett's mind working as well, how to get out of it. And he's putting his hand over Bulldog's mouth, trying to stop, disrupt the breathing there as well. Bulldog charging in, but Brett just lifts up the knee straight to the midsection, driving the wind out of Bulldog. Oh, <clears throat> Brett taunting the crowd a little bit as well. Oh, kick to the midsection. Beautiful leg drop by Brett. He goes in for that sleeper now. He's going to try and put Bulldog asleep. That's what he's called a sleeper for. Thanks for clearing that <laughs> Yeah, up. I know, just in case. But Bulldog showed his power. Fine out of it. Elbows. Oh. Well, Brett with an elbow of his own to the on-charging Bulldog's face. Takes him down to the mat. Oh, and drops his own elbow across the throat of the Bulldog. I mean, just listen to the crowd. They're just going mental. As now Brett is in control of Bulldog. Oh. Is that an inverted atomic drop? And now Brett. You see what he's doing. Working bo- he's working the top and then he's working the bottom there. Legs and head, and as the Irish whips, Bulldog, oh! oh! Bulldog going for another crucifix, but Brett catching it in a like a Samoan drop. Yeah, fool me once. For the cover. Oh, but only a two count. Two, yeah, fool me once, Brett. Got caught with that once, and then realised what Bulldog was doing, and now he's back in control. Like you said, the excellent execution, the attack, the tactics of Brett, and you can see what Brett's doing now. He's talking to him. He he's is telling talking him what's to him. going on next. You're a motherfucking crackhead, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take that away from the ball. I can't believe you're the only British person that doesn't like British Bulldog. Every time we've seen the Bulldog, you've got a problem with him. I don't know how. He's the British Bull, the greatest British wrestler of all time. There is none bigger. No one has done it. I don't care. Regal's not even got to a level there. Bulldog was a genuine main event star. He headlined Wembley Stadium, 80,000 people. Get Bret Hart for the Intercontinental title, you know? It's huge what Bulldog accomplished. Yes, he might have smoked a little bit of crack here and there, but who doesn't, you know? Bulldog with a beautiful leapfrog and then slingshotting Bret Hart across the ring, showing his power there. God damn, Dan. Now, you're going to get Bret. Oh, huge headbutt. Big Irish rip into the corner by the Bulldog. Oh, and sends him straight into the opposite corner, but charges at Bret, who lifts his feet up straight into the face of Bulldog. There's no protection there. And now Bulldog. Oh, oh, running Bulldog on the Bulldog. And now Brett seems to be in, a, in another place. He seems to uh, be one step ahead of the Bulldog at the moment as he looks to go to the top. And we don't see Brett going to the top that often. Oh, and this is why the Bulldog just throws him off the top rope. And now he goes up top himself. Here comes the Bulldog. Oh, <laughs> the fuck. Oh, he tried to <laughs> tried to splash Brett, and Brett moved out of the way. Bulldog face first, and Brett just slamming Bulldog's head into the canvas. And Brett just taking his time. He's picking apart Bulldog here, going to the slam. Oh, but Bulldog with the backslide, looking to push Brett to get against the ropes, but Brett ducks, and Bulldog goes through the second rope, crashing to the wafer thin blue mats below. And Brett showing his cocky side, saying that's what it's all about. And like I say, he has been one step ahead. And Kenny calls the major upset. Major upset. At SummerSlam here tonight. Bulldog on the outside. Trying to recover. Brett on the inside. Recovering. Bulldog now on the apron. Oh, no, here comes Brett. Oh. 
diving over the top rope, taking Bulldog out. He made sure to grab a hold of Bulldog there on his way down, hitting those 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 millimeter thick mats on the outside. And now Brett picks up Bulldog. Oh, ramming him lower back first into the ring post. Now Brett's starting to get the crowd behind him a bit. Cheer the Bulldog on. Brett Hart there with the Irish rip, and he's working the lower back of the Bulldog. Now Brett's been in control for the best part of five minutes here now. How much of a beatdown can the Bulldog take? Oh, as Brett's side rushing leg sweep. Fans loving it though. As Brett goes to the beautiful uppercut. Is that a European? Is that an uppercut in the European? That's a Canadian uppercut. <laughs> now Brett with a big right hand. Oh, lovely executed drop kick there, taking the big man off his feet. Big man. Do you think it takes? Obviously, you think it takes away from the Bulldog, then, doesn't it? Oh, I do slightly. You know, I, I as I say, you know, I only found out about this crack thing here from what I've read <laughs> from this. You know, I don't know how true it is. I don't know, you know, what the extent to is because he might have only done a few pipes. Yeah, but every wrestler was doing heavy drugs in the WF in the late, you know, you, you look at the steroid trial as well. Everybody's doing drugs. You know, Brett was a drug taker, but just because it was cocaine and that, it was, it depends what level you are, you know. It's like muscle relaxers. If your wrestler's taking that, then that's okay because normal people don't know about it. Well done, poppers. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying, though. But I think we have to respect, just we have to look at it, you know, and just think, yeah, okay, but, you know. Well, we have them. to respect that seeing as one of them's a crackhead, one of them's a cokehead. <laughs> That they managed to deliver a five-star match yeah. anyway. Well, yeah, it was the same. We're, we're taking away... Thanks to Gorilla's son, the referee, we're, Jack. We're, we're taking away... Yeah, it, if it wasn't for the referee, this wouldn't be a good match. And Brett's got him in a sleeper now. And he's been wearing him down. And Bulldog started strong, but Brett has kind of taken over since then. Now Brett now trying to go for a suplex. Oh, that was a lovely executed suplex there by Brett. Oh, but Bulldog managed to kick out. Oh, and now right back to that uh, sleeper hold. Going to wear the bulldog down. Cool. You've got the whole country on your shoulders here tonight. I'm not going to have it taken away. What a great pay-per-view it's been, Dan, hasn't oh, it? Oh, it's been brilliant. You know, not just for the nostalgic memories, but just for what it was. You know, normally we'd complain there's too many side headlocks or rest holds. Again, you can't take away from it. And the picture-in-picture, picture, brother of one, lover of the other. Clubbing strikes and, and, and she can't believe it. Diana can't believe that Brett would do this to Bulldog. Oh. Picking him up by his hair and just dropping him again on the mat. Oh, Bulldog swinging wildly, but Brett ducking it and getting him in a sleeper hold now. This could be the end for Bulldog. Well, Bulldog. B- Bulldog? He's down to one knee now and he's slowly fading. He's going to be out. Check the arm ref. And they've got Brett. Body weight on top of Bulldog, making it even harder to get up. But he's got to the bottom rope. Try and break the hold. But Brett is going to hold on for the full five count and some. And Brett kicking Bulldog right in the face. <coughs> Brother-in-law, but you know you would have thought these two were mortal enemies the way they've been going at it. It's been vicious from the on- from the start, and with the Intercontinental on the line. It means everything to each man. And we've got the added thing of not only having, like you say, the sister and the uh, wife at ringside, but also being in the British Bulldogs' hometown country. 80,000 people watching on. And Bulldog might be out. He might have uh, shot his load in the early going. 
We said that the longer the match goes on, the more in favour of the ele- excellence of execution it's going to be. Yeah, this is what Brett's great at. Like I say, he, he just wears you down eventually. He's picking apart everything, uh, every part of Bulldog's body as well. He's got a plan. Referee's checking the arm. It's dropped twice. And this is over. This is it. Oh. oh. But a Bulldog managing to stay in it. Getting back up to his feet. Oh, thundering Brett back into the corner, but Brett snaps the hold back on once more. And they're just trying to wear it, trying to get Bulldog down, but Bulldog powering up. Oh, back of his head straight into that top turnbuckle. That certainly put Brett down for now. Now Bulldog checking with the fans, trying to get his bearings as Brett trying to right hand, but Bulldog fights out. Both men exchanging blows in the middle of the ring now. Brett getting the upper hand. Oh, Bulldog reversing the Irish rip's got the power to pick Brett up. Oh! <laughs> dropping Brett on the second rope, <laughs> crutching him on it. Was that intentional or not, James? I'll let you be the judge of that. Well, I think he meant to get the top, but I think Brett reached out and managed to grab that middle one before it went any worse. Before it got any worse for him. And now Bulldog getting a second win finally. Irish ripping Brett. Now the clothesline building momentum. Oh, he's starting to build up some steam now. Running through Brett a third time. Goes for the cover. Two. Oh, but Brett managing to kick out. Uh. Uh. And now Bulldog again with the power. Oh. oh, just throws Brett around like he's a leaf. Like a rag doll. And Bulldog going for the cover. Not hooking a leg. But he thinks the lateral press will do it. But Brett kicks out. Uh. And now Bulldog picking Brett up. Maybe one of his uh, famous standing suplexes. But has he got the power? Has the Bulldog got the power and the, the energy? Bulldog's always got the power. To get him up. A delayed vertical suplex here from the Bulldog. Oh! An amazing show of power there. This has got to be it. Two. Oh, but Brett managing to get his shoulder up at two. Two! And now Bulldog... He's backing Brett into the corner. As Bulldog's turn to go on the offensive, Brett has been in control for the majority of this match. Oh! oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bulldog sending Brett stern and first into the top turnbuckle, but only managing to get a two count there. Two. And now the Bulldog signalling for it. Is this going to be the end now? The end is near. Running power slam. To be fair, Bulldog does look a little bit... Um, Fooked. Yeah, he looks a little bit tired. Like he's got a far away look in his eyes, but he's taking a lot of punishment in this match as he picks up Bret Hart looking for the power slam. Here we go, new Intercontinental Champion. Bang! Oh, hits it. One, two. two. Oh. What? Oh my God, Bret managed to kick out. Ah, I can't believe that. Bulldog, he's got his head in his hands. How did Brett manage to kick out of that? Oh, I have no idea. And now Brett staggered. He's up before Bulldog is sat on that second rope. Oh, oh wow. But Bulldog just shoving Brett out of the ring. Is it time for Bulldog to get a bit dirty? Well, he doesn't care about Brett there. He's going <laughs> to let him fall hard. And now he's picking him up. Another suplex maybe into the ring this time. Oh, but Brett with the backslide. Oh. oh, a German with a pinning combination, but Bulldog managing to kick out. Oh, yes, finally. 
Finally, Bulldog <coughs> showing a heart determination of a champion. I'm not sure if he had it in him here tonight, but that move was hellacious. Now, Bulldog, come on. He's been caught by Brett, and now Brett's got him. Oh, trying to power up Bulldog, but I don't think Brett's got the strength. Bulldog has, though. Places Brett on the top turnbuckle. And he's on top, and what is Bulldog thinking here? Oh, my God, not superplex. Oh, hits it. This could be it. One, two. Oh, my word. And Brett managing to kick out. Ah. How he did that, I have no idea. Well, that is unbelievable. We've seen Brett hit with a running power slam. Suplex off the top. Maybe tonight Brett can't be beaten. Bulldog struggling to get to his feet. This has been an all-out war. He looks to Irish rip Brett one last time. Oh, Brett for the clothesline, but Bulldog ducks hey. it. And a move that James absolutely loves. Both men double clothesline on each other, sending each man crashing to the mat. Well, I can't believe it's a crowd. It's gone uh, in a furore. For furore? A crowd can't believe what they're seeing. And now both men knocked down. And what's Brett doing? Is Brett locking him up? For the sharpshooter. But he's on the ground. Both oh. men laying on the mat. Brett is the excellence of execution and he manages to oh. get him in a sharpshooter from both men being on their backs. Can he lift a leg and get Bulldog stuck in it? And he has. And a sharpshooter is it. This sh- is it. This is the move that's going to make Austin pass out in the future. Well, no, mo- no one has ever gotten out of the sharpshooter before. And Bulldog is stuck in it, desperately looking... Get to that bottom rope. Oh. And Brett exhausted. Falls backwards. Well, Diana happy. Her husband got to the rope. But then she realised the match has to continue. As now Brett. He's got his best move. The sharpshooter would go to the right hand. Irish whip. Bulldog reverses. Brett with a backslide. Bulldog rolls up Brett. Oh, he and got that him. Is it. He got him. <laughs> and the crowd goes crazy. Oh. 80,000 people there, all on their feet, cheering <laughs> on the Bulldog and his win. Oh, my. Well, well, Brett, beautiful sunset flip, like you said, but Bulldog catching him there. Brett had nowhere to go. Brett got out-wrestled by Bulldog. He did. In, in that it, last exchange. He did, and no one can fault Brett Hart for that. Bulldog was a better man there. Fair play to him. Dan, what do you think of the match? I thought it was brilliant. You know, um, both men worked so well. Brett, you know, looked in control for the majority of the match. And, you know, Bulldog coming out the last minute to win it in his home country. Well, what a fucking moment. I've been waiting a couple of years to watch this on the podcast. And it is truly delivered here. Talk about the main event first. I mean, this is what all future main event matches are going to be built around in wrestling-wise. You know what I mean? When it's two good technical wrestlers. As you build up, you saw it, Bulldog begin with, and then Brett managing to bring him down, and then towards the end, just back and forth. Everything was right. Um, you know, and you could say if he's too close to the ropes, maybe the sharpshooter, he would have made him tap out with that. Kicking out the power slam as well. Unbelievable. Plex. And the suplex. And right now, Dan, what is going on? Well, the crowd is standing on their feet, you know, giving a standing ovation to not just the Bulldog, but to Brett and his performance in this match as well. Bulldog's holding the title. Is it going to be a family reunion? He's offering his hand to Brett, his brother-in-law. No, I don't know if he's going to accept or not. The new Intercontinental Champion, though. 
Got his hand out. Brett, what's he going to do? Deleted by this loss. Crowd booing Brett as well. But Brett had just said he was going to get the job done and he didn't. Here tonight, look at Diana. She's crying, looking on. Is she? Is this going to be the thing that splits up the Hart family? Oh. The family <laughs> reunion in the middle of the ring, the handshake followed by the hug. And we talked about the emotional moment earlier of um, Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior. I think this one even more so, isn't it? You know. Yeah, most definitely. You know, <laughs> not only like they did, they have to go at each other, but you know, they went in a match that lasted over half an hour, and they're brother-in-laws. You know, they're their family. Yeah. Uh, and and that's what it's about, you know, and, and what a great moment. And like we say, we, with tragedy and, and controversy controversy in Bulldog's life, uh, and this moment, you know, uh, you, you can't top it. Wembley Stadium, having a five-star match with Bret Hart, and then the reception from the crowd, and this moment, you know. It's, it's, uh, it's a moment in time, and it makes you proud. It's weird. Not many wrestling moments make you proud to be British, but this is definitely one of them, you know. Yeah, most definitely. Unbelievable. What an event. What a night it has been. I can't, honestly can't believe it. No, it is, you know, again, it's been a nostalgic run for me. And, you know, seeing a lot of my favourite wrestlers as a youngster and seeing these matches again for the first time in a while because, you know, I've not seen this pay-per-view in ages. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about all the cards in a minute as the fireworks go off. And it is a moment, Diana, with Brett and Bulldog holding the Irish flag and the fireworks display at Wembley Stadium. What a moment. <clears throat> we'll just go back to Brett and see what he says. So there was a deafening roar as Royal Britannia played and Joey gave David a belt. And after 37 gruelling minutes, I lay on a mat feigning being heartbroken. But in fact, I was elated. I was also exhausted, uh, exhausted and in considerable pain. But I knew that the handshake at the end would top it all off. The last detail in this drama. I made out that I was too pissed off to shake Davey's hand. I planned all of this with Davey, but it became painfully obvious to me that he'd forgotten all about it. I desperately tried to make eye contact, but he was oblivious. As Diana climbed into the ring crying, I can only assume for real, I'm thinking, come on Davey, look at me and we'll make them all cry. But Davey never caught on. Instead, he was just trying to milk the crowd. I was thinking, the drama is with me, not them. For fuck's sake, please look at me, Davey. After too many attempts, I gave up and just walked over and shook his hand. Um, can I just say something there? We've just had that extract from that. In the actual video, it was Bulldog offered his hand first, wasn't it? And was there for Brett. So he actually had his hand out and it wasn't Brett that just went over and shook it, was well, it? Well, Brett, he had done that and then Brett walked away and then twice he had attempted to exit the ring and then Brett actually did come back in the ring to shake Bulldog's yeah, hand. Yeah, so we had that there. So uh, he said he completely missed one of the tiny moments that can make it more real. Uh, he said, Brett said, everything hurt, even my fingers were sore. When I got back to the dressing room, most of the boys had already left on the bus, but the ones who'd seen the match seemed blown away. I understood the art of losing and the power of sympathy. I knew that in the weeks to come, it would be me who was over, over more than Warrior Savage Flair, even Davey. Davey, all of them have been excellently executed. What a lovely thing to say, Brett. Why don't you blow your own trumpet? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'd always believed this was my greatest match, especially because I carried Davey all the way through it without anyone being the wiser. My dad would tell me later that it's one thing to have a great match, 
but it's another thing to have a great match in front of 80,000 people. Okay, so since that moment in time, because I probably understand it a little bit, because in Bret Hart's autobiography, he wasn't, he had the Hall of Fame appearance with WWE, but he wasn't really welcomed back into the fold, and they made a big deal about him. Well, since then they have, and we, this is a recent interview with uh, Bret Hart, who was talking to uh, Sports Illustrated as well, about the 1992 SummerSlam match against the Bethesda. I'll always be partial to Wembley. It's one of my greatest matches. And it was special to have an outdoor show at Wembley. Everyone was scared it was going to rain and ruin the show, and it was supposed to rain. But everyone crossed their fingers, and it never rained. There was 82,000 people, and something made that match so special that nobody knew who was going to win. I was able to do that with Bulldog at Wembley, right to the very last pin. No one knew who was going to win. It's hard to explain. It's a beautiful thing to watch in wrestling when someone loses in the exact perfect way. That's why the pin was so more, was so dramatic. There was no escape. There was no shame. But I made a mistake and Davey capitalised. It was a beautiful story and I believe that was the match that launched me into a world champion. So isn't that a much better uh, thing for Brett to say about the match than the bullshit he said in his autobiography, do you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to leave that, do you think he's learnt from his mistakes from that now and that's why he's a little bit more like, you know, oh, me and Bulldog actually had the perfect match. Yeah. We don't really want to talk about the aftermath of the, the car, do we? No. We know about the aftermath. We know Macho Man lost the title to Ric Flair in, se- in September. And then Ric Flair would go on to lose the title to Bret Hart soon afterwards. Bulldog would lose the IC title to Shawn Michaels. And of course, we'd have uh, Survivors Night 2, Kamala, Untaker in a car. And uh, you go to WrestleMania 9, where uh, we talk about money, ink, and everything like this. So what we are going to do, lastly, we're going to talk about the card. Because, Dan, it's one of the most enjoyable shows that I've seen. Yeah, most definitely. No, for me as well, it was great to see all these old faces. Um, you know, again, I've mentioned it a couple of times, but a nostalgia feel for me. Yeah. You know, admittedly, it wasn't the greatest wrestling. Well. But it was certainly entertaining. Exactly. This is what matters. So we're going to go through matches. First match is LOD. Versus Money Inc. I mean, what did you think about that one? It was a perfect tag match. <laughs> yeah. I gave it three out of five because it started off the show well. And I thought, you know. Well. Well. Exactly. It's a good way to start. So the entrances were brilliant, weren't they? With Most Legion definitely. Coming yeah. out. Uh, up next was the worst match of the night. One out of five for me. Nails versus Virgil. That was a waste of time, wasn't it? Yeah. Nails completely no-selling. Virgil... It was just a filler match, a squash yeah. match. Shawn Michaels versus Rick the Model Martel. That had you laughing. Yeah, it was a great match. Yeah, I know. it's really good, wasn't it? You know, even the ending was entertaining, <laughs> even though it went to like a double count out. Double count out, but Sherry getting the, the bucket of water overhead, she was so entertaining in that match as well. I gave that a four out of five because how good it was. Uh, up next, it was Beverly Brothers versus The Natural Disasters. Again, you know, <laughs> it, I think that was a great match. Yeah, yeah the two big guys, but... The Beverly Brothers trying to use their hill tactics, using a metal scroll to try and take down Typhoon, but it didn't work. And in the end, they got squashed, they, literally. They they literally did. Yeah. And I gave that three and a half out of five. I thought that was a little bit better than the LOD Money in the Bank. Uh, Money in the Bank. LOD versus Money Inc. match, wasn't it? Yeah. Just a little bit. And then after that, well, it just gets better better. Repo Man versus Crush, Dan. I loved it. <laughs> the Repo Man, you know, he played his part brilliantly. I don't think ever... He won many matches in his no, WWE no. career. But the crush again, you know, he looked 
just like a, a monster, yeah. you know, a, a, a face monster as well at that. Uh, I gave that three out of five, the same as the first tag team match, because, like I say, it wasn't the best wrestling, but it was no. just fun, wasn't it? And yeah. it was over before it could really annoy. And then we had the WF title match, it was Randy Savage versus the Warrior. Brilliant match. You know, even the controversy of Rick Perfect, whose side are they going to be on? Which way is it going to go? You know, and even the build-up to the match as well, when uh, Lord Alfred Hayes was knocking on each each of their locker room doors, only to get ignored or to get a door slammed <laughs> in his face. You know, it, it was just the perfect build-up to a brilliant match between the two and then the embrace at the end just sealed the deal. Exactly. Uh, I gave that four out of five, uh, which I... Oh, no, I gave it four and a half. No, I didn't. Yeah, I gave it four and a half out of five because, uh, yeah, it was near... near. If it had a clean finish, it would have been a perfect match, wouldn't it, you know, yeah. for me. Uh, and then Kamala versus The Undertaker... I mean, I'll, I'll talk about this one. If you're going to have the Untaker in uh, in grey gloves and then the grey boots that he has and the way he looks there, you're going to get me saying it's a perfect match every time. But because it did end DQ, I will give that a four out of five. I think that is only fair. But what a moment. And then the main event, Bret Hart Bulldog. We've just seen it, Dan. Is it worthy of a five-star rating? Definitely. Yeah, I, I really think it was everything. The story in itself. The bit, the, This is what we're missing out on. It was a build-up to the story as well as the payoff during the match. And that, the emotion you yeah. invested during the match. <clears throat> even like, you know, to the embrace at the end of it, which sold it even better, you know. They've just gone through this hellacious over 30-minute match. And then to hug it out at the end with, you know, Brett's sister, Bulldog's wife, you know, just the three of them showing their solidarity and union at the end as well. Yeah. And, and, I, and I say, like, even though it was over 30 minutes, I didn't really check the clock, at time, you know, during no. the match. It just kind of went away. I think every single match that was on, there's not one time I was like thinking, oh, is it over yet? It was just yeah. pure enjoyment. Like I say, from the, 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 the afternoon kind of... The daylight to night time as well, the setting. It did feel like a WrestleMania. It was better than WrestleMania 8 as well, I will say, I will say that. Yeah, not as good as WrestleMania 9. But well, I still, I'm not going to argue there because, uh, you know. But match of the night, I think it's pretty obvious. But, Dan, do you want to just confirm The main it for event. Me? The main event, yeah. Brett Bulldog is your uh, match of the night. But, I mean, like I say, that was such a good card, even though we might be a little biased. Rating out of 10 for the pay-per-view. I'm going to give it a 9. Yeah, you know for the nostalgia for the matches because you know again as you mentioned the matches were over before they got old and boring you know even the main event or both main events you know they was they went on for quite some time but it, they didn't get boring they didn't yeah. get old you know and the controversy going into a majority of the matches as well you know it was just perfect they all told brilliant stories. You know, there was the one match that let it down, Virgil Nails. But yeah, I mean, if that had been a, a TLC match, then it would have got 10 out of 10. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> but, or, or, you know, it could have been a women's match or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what we didn't have back then. But to be able to deliver it, and like you say, seeing the Legion of Doom, seeing HB, a young Shawn Michaels, seeing... Uh, the natural disasters, seeing Crush and the Repo Man, Randy Savage, Warrior, Roddy Piper showing up, of course. The Untaker where he was, Bulldog and Brett. It's everything as a fan, certainly our age, yeah. especially from Britain as well, the UK. 
it, it is one of those pay-per-views that is a must-watch, you know, and, and that's why it deserves a 9 out of 10. It, it's one of the greatest pay-per-views, I would say, of all time. Uh, you can argue, maybe not in ring, but look at that main event, and it is, that's why it's the greatest SummerSlam match of all time, because you can battle that against everything, and that will probably come out on top. Before we go... Saturday at midnight, we are live with NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3 kickoff. As we look at the latest episode of NXT and give you all the build-up, what will surely be a glorious event. But Dan, that's not all, because then Sunday 9pm live, the WNR bring you summer signs. We look at the latest episode of 205 live and run for the cards as we get ready for the biggest party of the summer. Don't forget, if you want to speak to us about SummerSlam Night 2, you're on Twitter, at WWE Network Review, or... At Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at J underscore Rollins. We've also got another friend on Twitter. Any Chris Benoit, he's just trying to make the world a better place. We're also on Facebook. Facebook, you can come and find our page and give us a like. We have the WWE Network Review podcast, so you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Across all the Google platforms, don't forget... Uh, Google Plus the WWE Network Review send us an email at wrpodcast at gmail.com we're on YouTube subscribe to the WWE Network Review podcast page we've got all the latest clips and the podcast at the same time there's to do other places like SoundCloud on your phone and we're also on Spreaker Radio where we've got our live shows Stitcher Radio iTunes where you can download subscribe rate and review there but I have been James Rollins and what a weekend it's going to be but what a show it's been I have been James Rollins, and as always, I was joined by... Pam White? I said that twice, didn't I? Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>